Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest-growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. What's better than free money? How you choose to spend it. Open a CQ checking account and get $250 to spend freely. And that's not all that Credit Union offers. Do your banking, build credit, and invest in your future. Visit secumd.org today. Mention Dr. X and his match that's coming up later on, so stay tuned for that barn burner five-star match. Bobby Eaton takes on Reno Riggins. Bobby Eaton's going to climb to the top rope and tell Z-Man, this is for you, Z-Man, and hits the Alabama Jam as he wins it. But, Doc, I'll go to you. What do you, what do you have from this match? Somebody gave Eaton a mic at the beginning for his inset promo. Jesus. Something like that. You sound like Ron Wright, sodomized Mr. Ed. Well, that's um, what I think of every time I see fucking Reno Riggins for that promo. <laughs> he turned down Ron Wright. Yeah. <laughs> Moron. Moron. I can't believe you turned down a living legend, Ron Wright. I'm wrong with you, boy. I don't like Bobby Eaton by himself. I don't think Bobby Eaton likes being by himself, but he had bills to pay. Don't we all? Isn't that what Cornette said years ago? He's like, man, Bobby, he really didn't want to stay. He had a family to protect. Yeah, he had a family. He married with with children. I mean, you can't expect him to be like, yeah, fuck them. But, But that's what I... People don't realize, like, Cornette could do that because he didn't have babies. And and Stan Lane could trick any girl on the eastern seaboard to let him shack up there until he figured out his next move. I mean, Bobby Eaton was like, he was like y'all. He had a wife and kids and... Bro, that's a fucking boat anchor that you got to deal with forever. Is like, I got to (laughs) take care of these assholes. No, I wasn't saying that Cornette was complaining. He was just saying that's... That's the reality of it. That's why Bobby yeah, yeah, right. stayed. People be like, well, why didn't Bobby fucking also? Mike, how different would your ever? How what percent? Okay, let me let me rephrase this. I got going here. What percentage of your daily decisions would be made completely differently if you were not taking into account the wife and kids? Ninety-nine percent. There you go. First, right? Like every decision that you make. It's not. It's not just. It. It's not that. Doc's key that he said there was something like, "How would your daily decision making change?" The problem is not the decision. It's you got to think about others first before right. every single decision. And Even, you have to understand. And you have to understand this as part of the uh, the issue, Harper. They're not going to be thinking about you first, no, except maybe for a couple of hours on Father's Day. Yeah. If you're lucky. Here's your fucking coffee mug that says, you know, world's number one dad. Thanks, Junior. Sounds like Bye. he understands it, Mike. I think he's on to something. Hey, I'm going to say something real quick about the wrestling. I like this. This is a ringside interview. Uh, we haven't had these 
if this is a new wrinkle for 91, I'm all for it. They are going to do more of this, which is a good thing. So let's go to it now. Terry Taylor, who's about to fuss about the fact that he didn't get a chance at the TV title when Arn did. Uh, I'm sorry, when Z-Man did on last week's episode. Uh, Paul Lee is talking to him. Here it is. Champion is the Z-Man, which from what I understand does not sit all that well with Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, Terry Taylor. Wait, wait, wait. Now, Z-Man is a great athlete, and I'm sure, as you know, he's going to be a great television champion. But everybody knows I think that should have been my title opportunity. Now, I took Arn Anderson to the limit one week. Nobody liked the ending of that match. I took him to the limit the next week. Nobody liked the ending of that match, especially me. So I got my third chance, and here comes Ric Flair, here comes Doom, and I don't get the opportunity that would have made me the world television champion. Now, that was my opportunity. Now, these people say, well, maybe I won and maybe I'm complaining. I don't feel that way. I feel like I could beat you, Arn Anderson, and I'm going to show everybody here tonight that I can do that because, yes, D-Man, you are the champion, and I have to go through people like Arn Anderson to get to you. Now, the WCW Championship Committee is looking past me a lot, maybe overlooking me. Now, if i got to get like a squeaky wheel and squeak a little bit, squeak, squeak, I'm going to do what I have to to get what I think I deserve. Now, I know that people may think it's a little change in me, but I'm tired of being passed over. I'm tired of being a nice guy, and Arn Anderson's going to find out just how badly I want this match. So tonight, it's Terry Taylor versus Arn Anderson. We'll be back in a minute. Did you hear that at all, Doc? What did he say? Yeah, what did he say? Read us the transcript. Okay. I'm not going to do that. He fussed about not getting a title shot last week, and he's mad, and he's tired of being passed over. He should be. Better to be and passed over than passed around. He said, I'm going to have to be a squeaky wheel, squeak, squeak, like Arn Anderson says, I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot, toot. Yeah. <laughs> squeak, squeak. Oh, man. Better than buck, buck. Come on. Dude, I cannot look at him and not think that. Yeah, no. Especially and with the red and black. That's exactly what I was about to say. He needed to never wear red again. <laughs> never. Because that's exactly what I think. Moving right along, we got Ed Brock and Chuck Coates versus the Renegade Warriors. Um, oh, wow. The, the Young Bloods, a.k.a. the Renegade Warriors, Warriors, have a huge match coming up at the next clash. They are going to wrestle Arn and Barry. Mm. I'd say that's pretty damn big time for these guys. And uh, they win with their uh, top rope maneuver, and that was all I had from it. Doc, do you have anything else? My only note was nope. I can't believe you're going to insult the Young Bloods like that, Doc. Yeah, come on, bro. Well, one of them's not allowed to hear it, right? Wow, you're you're really you you really are a jackass. Yeah. So. Well, I'm not mad at them. I'm mad at you for trying to get up in my face. Mm, okay. Um. Next match is I gotta rewind this so Harper can see. Oh this. my! God. I don't remember this. I don't remember this uh, going on for long. Who? Uh, we've got. We've got the, well, that was a Wrestle War pay-per-view yeah. promo coming up. Uh, we got the Minotaur, a.k.a. I believe is Steve DeSalvo versus Man Mountain Bailey, a.k.a. Richard Bailey, old friend of mine, back on the Indies. 
Uh, Minotaur is beyond explanation and boredom. The crowd has no reaction. There's pure silence. This is dumb. Doc, your thoughts? He's, and I'm not saying this to be mean, but he's a big Italian meathead that I'm supposed to believe is some kind of weird emo weirdo. No. Minotaur. Yeah. <laughs> Harper, leave Brian Falcon alone. No. What I'm saying is there's nothing about him says a bull or <laughs> horns. Like, if you called, uh, what's his name, Minotaur? That's what makes a Minotaur. Did you see that move? Did you see yeah. that move? He's crawling into the ring, and he's one from his hands and knees lunges at Bailey's stomach. Knocks him out the ring. The Minotaur was the half, half bull and half man. My note was half man, half bull, all stupid. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, nothing about him says bull or it's... Boogie? Hold on, let me get Boogie on the line. Call him something else. Boogie, nothing about you screens, computer, or tech, computer technology. Or Minotaur. Oh, boy. Minotaur is one of the greatest indie wrestlers to come out of Louisiana, Hopper. That's right. <laughs> I used to manage Minotaur. I know you did. He's one of my good friends. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, no bullshit, man. He's in good shape right now. That's nice. I, I get what you did, bullshit, Minotaur. You think it's so funny? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I didn't do nothing. Yeah. He is in good shape right now, man. He's yeah. Yeah. He's pretty lost he's, a bunch of weight. Lost a bunch of weight. He's pretty trimmed down. Uh, smallest I've ever seen him. Not bad. Happy for him. Good dude. Misguided. Misguided. Uh, misguided. I don't remember. <laughs> Harper was guiding him. So are you saying it's Harper's fault? Uh, no, he Harper hasn't managed him in very, very in a very long time. Harper, who have you managed recently? Matt Lancey, Edron Stone, that's it so far, right now. I'm um I'm looking forward to X-rated in a few weeks. I can tell you that much. Well, you do you have any do you have any big announcements for that? No. Why do we go through this every year, Doc? What do you want him to say? He, I don't know. He, I, he, I like to see people per, with their personal growth and like. You know, work on their development plan and get better at their craft, and then, you know, no. Well, back to the Minotaur in Man Mountain Bailey. The Minotaur was so bad that this, I didn't even write down who won, even though I think that's the finisher right there. Uh, elbow drop. The elbow drop? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, bro. It's, 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 this is not working for me, brother. So, we'll fast like forward. He's from the cure. I was going to say he liked ministry before they got all metal. <laughs> that was my note. But they were still industrial. Right. The next match is Lex Luger versus Mike Sample. Pitcher-in-pitcher pitcher promo from the Big Cat talking about he and Luger's match in the Meadowlands coming up. Um, Luger is going to hit the tackle off the second rope and pin Sample with ease. And then Luger and Taylor, Lawrence Taylor, are going to be appearing at the Meadowlands coming up. More on Lawrence Taylor later in the show. Doc, any thoughts on Luger winning this match? 
Um, I thought we were done with Big Cat and Motor City. I think after this Meadowlands show, maybe so, because um, we're not far off from Mr. Hughes. Okay. A few months down the line, maybe, something like that. Maybe not even that far. Um, is Mike Samples a Memphis, old Memphis guy? I don't know, but who was the who was sample in? This is not the same dude, but who was sample in Smoky Mountain? Remember, we had a we had, didn't we have a somebody with the last name Sample and maybe Smoky? that's the Memphis guy. I don't know. I can't keep all this straight. Me either. Too hard. Uh huh. Any other thoughts on Luger Dot? Uh, who's he wrestling at the Clash? No, it's not the Clash. They're going to be. There's a Meadowlands show that Luger and Lawrence Taylor will be. I don't remember if they wrestled on it together or Taylor was in Luger's corner. I don't remember. But they're going to be at the Meadowlands. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in probably 375 paying customers. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) Next match is Michael Wall Street. Versus Greg Sawyer. There's an interview with Wall Street and Alexander York beforehand, or just like a pitcher in pitcher. York mentions before the match that Sawyer will lose in less than six minutes, and JR points out that York's computer hasn't been wrong yet. And sure enough, computers are never wrong. Never wrong. Wall Street dumps Sawyer to the outside of the ring, and then Wall Street rolls Sawyer back in and hits him with the stock market crash for the victory. Very uneventful. Doc, your thoughts. Harper's yawn. Harper's so yawn. Uh, Jesus. I know. Because we had another hour. Um, my notes come after the match. Okay. So tell us what your notes are then. We're going to see our sweet, sweet missing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm going to play it even though y'all won't be able to technically hear it, but the people will. But we're not here to hear her. No. <laughs> Come on. That's nice, Hopper. You want to grow up? Yes, she is. Here it comes. Hold on one second. Here it comes, Hopper. What the hell is she wearing? Let's go to it now. Missy interviewing Alexandra York and Michael Wall Street. I'm Missy Hyatt here with Michael Wall Street and Alexandra York. And you know, Mr. Wall Street, you are undefeated. But most important, you have brought the computer age to professional wrestling. It's no doubt by now to anyone out there that Michael Wall Street Incorporated is a huge success. I have people calling me from Wall Street wanting me to speak and get Wall Street out of trouble. But I've got news for all you idiots out there. Michael Wall Street's business is his own. I told everybody around here that Michael Wall Street had the ability and with the computer technology of Ms. York, we were unstoppable. USA Today knows a winner when they see one. They printed a story in the financial section of, of the USA Today newspaper. They know a winner, and I am a winner. What? What are you doing? I'm doing my job. I'm the only one that's supposed to be doing interviews on World Championship Wrestling. What are you doing, I said? Hey! Your problem is you're jealous because a woman can do the same job you can and make more money. Call me. Are, are you a true chauvinist? Are you a true chauvinist? 
Or do you just hate women? Or is this a personal thing between hey. you and Missy? Hey, Mike. How are you? I obviously came at a bad time. I'll see, yeah. I'll see you a lot sooner than later. Well, I'm really, I'm sorry about this, but we're out of time because of Paulie. And we'll be back with more World Championship Wrestling on TBS right after this. So in a nutshell here, um, this is actually the start of Paulie and Missy kind of going back and forth for a long time. There's going to be, I believe, a arm wrestling match or some sort of thing coming up, but Paulie and Missy are going to get into it for, for a while, and there's times when Paulie's going to call her a bimbo on television, but this is the start of something with these two just kind of going off on each other. Doc, well, I couldn't hear it, but... Know. Yeah. Uh, did you see how the broads turned on him, though? Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. The, the sisters came together there. They can come together. Okay. Whenever a common come, enemy... Come, to get, come together. Whenever a common enemy, broads can come together like no other. Mm-hmm. And they turn right, around, turn right around and plunge a knife in each other's back. With the quickness. I want to know something. This is a serious question. I want to know what the longest running podcast by women is where two or three women, kind of like what we've done for years, have done a podcast. I guarantee you it ain't seven years old. Okay. Is there somebody on that? What the, where it's, it's, is this that new Top Gun movie? Yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah, this is it. I, I can't wait to see that. Everyone keeps putting it over. Everybody is putting it over. Well, I'd have to see the first one first, and I'm not What the it. fuck? <laughs> is that... You heard me. Oh, my God. I've never seen Top Gun. I don't give a shit. Dude, Top Gun's a great movie. It okay. really is. That's great. Mike, how was Star Wars? I mean, there's many Star Wars. Which one are you referring to? Which ones have you not seen? Hover, I got a story for you. <laughs> Huh? Uh, whoa, 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 Mike, have you seen Shawshank Redemption? Uh, yes. Hopper, I got a story for you. What? So, uh, one one day, me and Sassy Vegas, we had, a yeah. work a sh- we had a work a show. You know Sassy's an idiot, right? Yeah. We had a work a show, and he called himself trying to just drive me up a wall on this friggin' seven, eight-hour drive up to northern Alabama one time. This fool brought Conway Twitty CDs. <laughs> <laughs> and we're popping them in the desk the whole ride, singing like a fucking moron. And he, you know, he he knew he knew like I, you know, I'm not a, I don't know what is this considered country, pop country, okay, contemporary country. He got so okay, so I no sold it for hours on end, hours on end. He finally, we're probably two hours from where we're going. He finally gives up. I hate you. He starts cursing me out. You no sell everything. You're the worst. You're 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 despicable. He's like, why don't you sell it? This is Conway Twitty. Look at this asshole. He showed me. He showed me this guy who's got a white fro. I don't know. It's it was glorious. But I I, I got my entire life fill of Conway Twitty over like a three to four hour time span. So let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you live in the if you live in the South and you're white and you're around our age, 
Your grandma loved her some Conway Twitty. Oh, yeah. Probably. No probably about it. Conway Twitty. Some interesting stuff from old Conway, though, I'll tell you that much. See, you've been frustrating your friends for 30 years, is what you're trying oh, to say. Oh, my God. He was so pissed off at me. And Hopper can tell you. I feel a kinship with this person. Go watch Sassy, Force, Mike. Sassy Vegas is a clown. Yeah. I mean, he's not clown. He's not like Hopper-type clown, but he's a clown. He takes nothing serious. <laughs> all right. Let's keep moving. Um, Star Wars, I've seen, I don't know, not all of them, but... You know, the older ones are fine. I don't know about the newer ones. They're, they're all right. You know, they're entertaining. See the original say. ones, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. Well, see, see? See, Doc was trying to make it sound like you never seen Star Wars. You know, I like Star Wars, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, yeah. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I mean, I've seen those. Did you have the I, little figures and shit as a kid? Uh, nah, I had a couple, but I had more than he couldn't anything. afford those. He was getting the, the Battlestar Galactica. Instead, probably. yeah, like, piss off, asshole. He was getting the Battlestar Galactica and the Buck Rogers figures in like 1985 when the shit's been off on TV for six years. <laughs> That's nice, Hey, you're in Section Eight. You don't qualify for real toys. You don't qualify for Star Wars, but we have Buck Rogers. <laughs> come on, come on, Mike. You watch that on Channel 26 every Sunday at four o'clock. Bro, you want to know what's funny? Uh, Remember the, a- the AWA figures, and I told you before, I, I had like four of, four of those. I had the Road Warriors, Baron Von Rasky, and yeah. Martel, whoever came in Von Rasky's uh, pack. Those must have been cheaper than the WWF figures because... I had boo-poo of them, bro. Okay, well, I only had four of them, and the reason I, I figured out now in life, the reason I had four of them... And one LJN back in the day was because there wasn't no money to get more LJNs. No, because, you see, those didn't last that long. And what happens is that they were on a clearance rack. So you got two of those for the price of, like, for like fucking three dollars. You got two fucking wrestlers in the pack. So fun. Yeah. That's why so- I... I I had about six of them, and I got them because they were on the clearance rack, fucking cuckoo cheap. Yeah, the, those fucking LJN ones, the only ones I got were the clearance ones, because they were like fucking six, seven dollars. Fuck you, dude. For a piece of goddamn rubber, <laughs> that, 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 that kind of looks like the guy. You ain't ever been in a position where you'd have paid 25 bucks for a rubber? Oh, come on. A fucking chew toy for your dog. I got three of them that are fucking chewed up. That my dog chewed up and he's still <laughs> fucked up. The same dog that chews yeah. your daddy's dentures? No, 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 no. <laughs> it, fucking. I think that was Zach. They fucking chewed up my fucking LJN figures. Bruh. I think I remember the first time we were talking about the LJNs is uh, Doctor X battles Z Man here in a uh, barn burner of a match. Who's Doctor X? Uh, send you. I know who it is, but I want y'all to DM and tag Hopper and Lance uh, with the answer to that question. I'm not answering it. Um, the first time Hopper talked about the LJNs, he was like, "Bruh, it was like a weapon. 
If you threw it at somebody, it would kill him. Yeah, because it, it, bro, I wonder if he shot it with a pistol round, if it could go all the way through. Mm. Like, like, if you got the thickest one they had, like the Big John Stud one, that one was thick. Yeah. Why don't we have one of our patrons pay you to make a video of doing that? There you go. And, send, and you can send it to them. Because yeah, I don't think because a, a 22, I don't know, a 22, because that was just... What about, an, what about if oh, you put hold a on. stock in it? Hold on, oh, hold yeah. on. Hold on. Okay, let's clarify. Harvard, right. so are you saying point-blank range? Not, not, I mean, you don't got to be fucking right up against it. See, see, well, you got to say that. You can't well, say like from 30 like yards away. And you just up, up against the fucking thing, just... You just set it up and you get some 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 distance and you pow. Okay, so if you're 30 feet away from it and you shoot it right. with a 22, I don't know if the 22 is going to make it through it. Yeah. Now, if you're 30 feet away and you shoot it with a 45, the 45 is going to oh, blow yeah. through that bastard. Okay. okay. That's what I'm saying. They should send those to the fucking Ukraine. They can even put body armor. Wow. Keeping it right. <laughs> Z-Man defeats Doctor X. With a missile dropkick off the top. You know what I used to wonder, though, about the Ramco figures is, is how much they made off of that. Like, the actual wrestlers. Or, like, if they got anything. Next to nothing. They couldn't have, Hopper. They were selling them on a clearance rack. Yeah, but you get something. <sighs> Somebody, I actually want to know that answer. So... Email me, bookintheterritory at gmail.com. Tag me on Twitter. Maybe I'll see it, but email's best. I'm curious if anyone knows how much they made or how much the wrestlers made off of those figures. I'm sure if you ask where, it's like nothing. Oh, yeah, he's going to say nothing, even if he yeah. did make something. Yeah. Because he blew it anyway. Yeah, come on. What? I mean, he's not good with money. What do you want us to say? Um... Let's keep moving. Yeah. We get a replay of the Freebirds promo when they challenged Rick Steiner. Um, that was followed by Hayes uh, versus Steiner when the shenanigans were pulled and Hayes won by DQ because Garvin threw in a piece of wood and the ref caught Steiner with the piece of wood and Hayes made it look like he was knocked out, yada, yada, yada. And then we get a promo from the Freebirds and Garvin and Hayes talk about how they pulled a fast one on Rick Steiner and that idiot fell for it, blah, blah, blah. And then we go to the match, new match this week, where the Freebirds are going to take on Keith Hart and Jamie McKinnon. This is where they announced that Norman will take on Sid Vicious next week. And, man, I would have paid big money to see Sid destroy him again. Harper, I don't know if you realize this because you weren't here. Well, I know you don't realize it. When I say Sid destroyed Norman, he caused Norman to have a concussion. He just rammed him into a post on the outside and... Essentially, it was attempted murder. Doc, any thoughts? This is the part where I realized this show was too long. Yeah, it was. Anyway, Freebirds are going to beat. Imagine Rip Rogers standing uh, between them. I like it. Yeah. Not bad. Good idea. Way to, way to book the territory, Harper. Yeah, send, it, send that one into uh, Cornette. Send what in the Cornette? 
that that question. Yeah, I mean, what if he would have been a, a, a free bird at this time? I'm confused. Cornette still answers questions on the drive-thru? Yeah, but you got to know, you got to be Charlie from Starkville. <laughs> wait, wait. Because uh, I hear they're like like three to four hours, so when are they? They're, they're yeah, like, it's like at the end, like the last hour or so. Gotcha. Okay. That's but, nice. But, yeah, you, you're pitching shots at our friends. What yeah, is I know. I know. I mean, he talks about the current stuff. Yeah, that way I don't have to watch it. I'm yeah, up on the current too. stuff, and, I, and I'm at work just listening to them bag on the current stuff. That's exactly how it is. <laughs> I love how y'all classify that as bagging on friends when all I said was, does he still answer we questions? We heard you, little smartass, you little... Come I'm too good to listen to wrestling right. podcasts, is what you Uh-oh. were saying. He still takes questions? <laughs> we <laughs> heard you, little fucking remark, Mike. What a business model that is. That yeah. I guess we're not getting on podcast one. I tell you what, he's getting a lot of money talking about that current stuff, so I'm not blaming here's him. A, here's what Mike is like. I ever listened to a wrestling podcast, and I don't know when. <laughs> That's not true. Yes, it is. You're like, the you only wrestling podcast you, don't stink. The only wrestling podcast you listen to is this shit over again when you're editing, and that's the, that is a shoot. Oh, oh, my God. You know what I found to fucking listen to that's so great? They got this uh, fucking mafia guy. He's Michael... Uh, his last name starts with an F, and he's got, like, a YouTube show. And he's just, he was this formal, former big fucking mafia guy. He knew, like, Henry Hill and all those guys, and he's just totally just saying his whole story. Is it Michael Franzisi? Yeah. That's good shit to listen to. Well, as soon as you're done listening to the full episode here... And paint in your patron and listen to all that content. Go give it a listen. Yeah. I've never heard Mike of that before. It. Mike hates it when you plug other stuff on the air. Like, I'm going to get a, I'm gonna get a message tomorrow complaining about this like I did it. Okay. You go lying again, but yeah, what's new? <laughs> if you ever went to confession, freaking... The church will catch on fire because you're doing that lying to the priest, too. The, the only thing that needs to go away more than the sport of baseball is the Catholic religion. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I went to confession last week and I said, You first. <laughs> why did, why uh, did, hey, priest, why does your breath smell like little boys' booty holes? Oh, come on. It's somebody who once again believes in God. I got major heat with the Catholic Church. I'm going to leave it at that because we're a (laughs) religious and politics free zone. All right. Keeping it moving. Uh, The Freebirds win. Doc, any thoughts? No. No. Nothing? No. No, I'm I'm using using my new gimmick, my note-taking gimmick. Mm-hmm. What's that? Uh, oh. oh, that thing Mrs. Doc got him. <laughs> go, go ahead. It's like probably a hundred, couple hundred bucks. It's got a stylus. I take notes. 
So instead of just writing it on a piece of legal paper and then throwing that away, I have this whole thing now. Broad yeah. got him something he had no desire for. Like a tablet thing? You just has like a little a pen and... Yeah, it's like an iPad, but it doesn't have any of the iPad functionality. You can just basically make it look like a page of legal paper and write on it. Oh, Which, God. That sounds... Like you need that, like you need a hole in the fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> Women. Oh, you say, look, it's a one-subject notebook I got for 50 cents. And look. so the other thing about that is I started catching heat for it a couple of, about a week ago, Mike. Cause Why? we've been off. And then we... Get back, but last week was the year-end episode. I have any fucking notes to take because there wasn't shit to take notes about. Right, there was one new match. <laughs> so I got a promo cut on me about how I'm not going to use it, and I was like, "We well, just start writing miscellaneous shit in it." Like what? Who has time for that? Like with Bart Simpson's writing on a chalkboard, like in the beginning of The Simpsons. <laughs> you want me to write 500 pages of? What is yeah. it from The Shining? All work and no play. <laughs> Here, take a look at my notes. What is it with women about giving you stuff you don't need or want and then getting mad at you when you're not using it? It's like a double rib on you. They get it's mad at you. So then, then it's, it's a double rib, dude. And it's not a double rib. It's a rib squared. Cause it gets exponential. Right. <laughs> right. And the then you got to... The math turns on your ass real fast with that uh, Right. You got to use it just so they don't get mad, which makes you even more mad that you're using something you don't even want in the first place. It's a vicious, vicious cycle, man. And this Bruh. is like, you got to hold the pen, the stylus the right way to make it work. <laughs> oh, so, God. I'm looking at this, and it looks exactly like my writing on a piece of paper. And what I used to do when we were done was just crumple that piece of paper up and throw it in the trash and wait for the next week where I got one more piece of paper out and wrote on it. Bro, when I got married, my wife gave me a watch. It's not an expensive watch, but it's like one of those watches that clamps, you know, like, like, it's like, you know, a dress-up type watch. I don't know how to describe it. It's nothing fancy, though. I mean, it might have been 50 It's got bucks. that little claspy thing that goes yeah. back and forth like, a, like a, I got you. And it's got, like, the wedding date on it and, I don't know, some other stuff on it as well. And just suck it. Just suck it. It's, 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 it's nothing expensive, Harper, but, I mean, it looks nice, right? So she gives it to me. I'm like, oh, this is a nice-ass watch. I'm not a watch person. I wear, like, one of them Fitbit gimmicks. But yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a watch person. And this Fitbit thing I'm watching, uh, wearing, like I've had it now for five or six years. Um, the one I had before that I had for years. Let me get. So, how can you never wear that nice watch I got you anymore? Well, bro, that's the thing. Like I remember when I got it, I'm thinking. Yeah, he's talking quiet, and he's starting to quiet. I'm thinking like. Okay, this is a nice watch you wear for, like, a special occasion. This isn't something you wear every day to get beat up and, you know, you're hitting it up against the desk and it's hitting scratches and all that stuff. So I put it away in, in one of my drawers and was like, all right, I'll break it out for a special occasion. Bruh, I still get fussed at about that watch over 15 I, years later. I can tell you why. 
Because their thinking is you wear that thing out, and as soon as you're done, you go get another one. Because you deserve it. I'm like, I look at the that watch is okay, I'll wear it if, you know, the occasion calls for it. But if the occasion don't call for it, I'm not wearing it. But you got to put it next to your Fitbit, otherwise you won't get your steps. Them shits don't count if you don't have a watch on. I'm just like, so like Doc said, it's a rib squared. It exponentially grows, and you never hear the end of it. Now, this man is over there taking notes for y'all on this gimmick that his broad bought him that he didn't need because he was using a 50-cent steno pad for his notes. Now he's got to hold his freaking gimmick stylus at a particular angle so that it even takes notes. Pretty soon, he's going to start, like, working it where he's pretending to scribble notes on it, but he's really not. He's got to do that and then take his notes on his steno pad. I mean, it's the rib that keeps on giving your broad, after buying you that, hits the RVD pose, waiting for praise. Yeah. It is, it is just like, well, why didn't you post a picture of it on Facebook? Oh, my God. Don't get me started on that part of it. Why do you just, you know, well, you don't, if you don't like it, you can just say it, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't step in that berry trap. Man, good luck if you say that. No, it's good. Uh, I like it. See, I'm, I'm writing in it right now. And then you smile. Speaking of things we don't like, uh, Trucker Norm is here for a quick, like, 30-second promo. Guys, I know y'all can't hear it. Try to read his lips, and I'll recap it on the back end. This business, let me tell you something. You may be a huge man, but you're a little bitty human being. Coming out on TV and jumping me and running my head into a post, a steel post, when I'm handing kids stuff out for Christmas. Let me tell you something, this business. If it's one thing I do on this earth, I will get you. I'm not supposed to wrestle you. I don't feel 100%, but next week I will get you and get my revenge for all those little kids that I love more than anything in this world. Trucker Norman said he's not 100% as far as health goes, but Sid's going to get trucked next week. <laughs> he's going to get trucked, Doc. Trucked. What does that mean? Yeah. What the hell does that mean? It means let's watch it so Sid can destroy him. Yeah, with his bicycle horn. He honked it. That's what's pathetic. Yeah. He literally was like, honk, honk, honk. All right. Doc, any thoughts on Norman? No, and I got to tell you, I'm intrigued by this idea of WCW Classics. Yeah, what is was, that about? But I wasn't going to watch this. Because I'm thinking WCW hasn't been around a long time. So, are you talking about the like Jim Crockett NWA stuff, or is it shit that happened a year or two ago? What is WW? Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was gonna make a joke and say, "Woman Crush Wednesday has not been around." <laughs> Cut out? No, yeah, I didn't hear the, the see. Yeah, no, um, no, what I'm saying is, do they mean, you know, the Jim Crockett and the NWA shit, or just shit just happened in the past two fucking years? No, they went back to 88 on this one. I, I thought you were going to rip this to shreds, Doc, because it's the, it's, they're basically replaying, 
Not the whole thing, because it was a 45 Well, match. I, don't, I get the fact that this is a classic, and it was, and we talked about it glowingly at the time. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is, is if they really want to expand the reach, show some pay-per-view shit that people couldn't see. Well, that's fair. Yeah, show some old Starcade shit. Yeah, but... I just knew you were going to rip this to shreds. No, 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 because here's the thing. 91's going to be bad, so if we can see some older shit that's not as bad, I'm on it. Yeah, man. It's only a matter of time, Brian, before we start. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. Yeah. Y'all are tripping. 91 is better than 90. Well. Well. No, I'm dead serious, man. Like, what? Well, so far, 91, the sound's gone out. Yeah. What are you talking about? The sound's going out. The sound's going out. We can't we hear ain't heard a damn. We ain't heard a damn thing. Really? We ain't shit. Yeah. We ain't heard shit. Seriously? I thought you could hear we're, it all. We're over here. We're like two old pitchers. Yeah. Like an old pitcher from Major League with their arm is shot, but we're still putting Vaseline on the ball. We're still figuring out how to get it done. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. We can't hear this right now. I know you can't, because the volume's down. So after... And you know, and here's the thing, stop playing stupid. You you know that. You you were like, see if you can read Trucker Norm's lips. Yeah. Why would we need to read his lips if we could hear shit? (laughs) Yeah. I'm not a goddamn blind person, a a fucking, like, a fucking deaf person trying to read lips. I thought Hobble was about to break into the... What? Friend who banged oh, yeah. a chick. Yeah, yeah, Mark banged a death chick. How, how did it sound again, Hopper? When you woke up, brother Dave, uh, over in Australia from his uh, coma? Like, like, like fucking Chewbacca. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Bro, you are going to hell for that. Why? <laughs> you are going. Luke's a Jedi. God no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, that's going right. when he's in the fucking uh, dungeon with Han Solo. You're going to hell. You're going to hell, dude. <laughs> Doc, Doc, help me out, man, please. Come on, yeah. I'm over here listening. Yeah. Uh, so Sting and Flair cut promos after they replay that Clash 1 finish, and they talk about uh, what's going to happen, and... I thought it was funny because Sting tells Flair, you better get the job done next time. And then Flair says to Sting, how do you like it? It's the 90s. I got a new look, pal. Whether it's Turner or Hurd or anyone else, Flair is back. And I, he had to cringe saying those words with that haircut. $2 and 45 minutes. What? What did you think of Flair's promo, Doc, before Hopper is making fun of the hotline? That's what he was talking about. Um... Here's the downfall. It's the downward slide. Yeah. We still got Bob Kyle. For now. Yes, we do. Yeah. So JR and Bob throw it to Arn Anderson before his match with Terry Taylor, and Arn says, I care about a clear, distinct winner and being one. And um, it was super duper quick. And I never understand why they give Arn Anderson 20 second promos. And now he doesn't and, care about the title. He says, I don't, him not caring about the TV title hurts my feelings. 
How old does Arn look right there? I know he's forty one. I thought he's you sure he doesn't look like he's fifty one? I mean, come on. He looks about forty six. Jesus. <laughs> like he served at Nam and he's you know I didn't serve at Nam over to come back to deal with shit like this. I served my country. While shitheads like he was in here protesting and, and smoking weed all the damn day. Wow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go get my cooler out of the back of my pickup and fetch me a Coors. Yeah. So we go to the match. It is Arn Anderson versus Terry Taylor. Uh, boy. I don't know. Um, thoughts, Doc? Um, Arn with a hot start. I mean, look. You're down on Taylor because he likes to, you know, search for feed in the yard and all, but he's a good wrestler. These two are going to have a solid match. you got to give them that. This robe know. looks great. You should just pick a different color. Yeah. Um, the match is fine. I just... Bro, they yes. should not have put that belt on Z-Man last week. Well, they but that's not the, the future. Yeah, and that's not these two guys' fault. Yeah. Very true. But now all of a sudden, Arn doesn't care about the belt. I don't, I don't like that. That's dumb. Um, I feel like in the old days, during this match, we would have heard the announcers start to comment on Terry Taylor's more aggressive style. He has turned it up, which is a sign of things to come. Being more aggressive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how much money he's saving on hair dye. Do you, um, let me ask a question. I don't remember if we talked about this before, Doc. Do, do you think being the Red Rooster destroyed him? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's, a, that's the dumbest, not dumbest, but, like, no-brainer question you've ever asked. Yes, it destroyed him. Because when he was in the UWF, he was doing well. They took, I mean, they took his soul out of his body, wiped their ass with it, and put it back in him. I mean, I know that when he when they merged with uh, Crockett and he had to put fucking Nikita over and at that paper, was it Starcade when it was the battle of the titles? That was he didn't wrestle Nikita. Yeah, he did. Nikita wasn't. Oh well, uh, yeah. Okay, okay. TV title. Yeah, Nikita yeah. was the U.S. title, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. and then it's but. I, I know he, he got basically squashed there, but the thing is, dude, when he went over there and burned, and he, imagine what it must have been like to be him where every morning he's waking up in a fucking Motel 6 in who gives a fuck USA. Fort and, Wayne. Yeah, Fort Wayne or in fucking you know, Toledo or something, and Every morning, he's got to sit there and put that cheap red shit in his hair, looking at himself in the mirror, thinking, what the fuck am I doing? Hope the check paycheck was good. Yeah. He had a fucking a trade, a, a, a baseball card. 29 cents. I'll be a kid who can't stay Yeah, 29 cents. Remember those? Yeah, those burger buddies? Yeah, uh-huh. those are those those are those little Burger King burgers. Man, here's the thing: when you work in the kitchen, fuck the new products. That shit is a deviation from how we store shit, 
how we get shit done fast so we can go back to shenanigans and, and trying to hit on the girls that work there. All the new shit is dumb. Don't order it. Don't have it. Stick with the traditional stuff is what you're saying. Yes. That, that, them shits was stupid. Is Were you there like, for that? Were you working there for that? No. I mean, this is, this is I didn't start there until like 93. Oh, yeah, okay. this is 91, yeah. Yeah, yeah when I, I started was, there... I, I, I was, I was there. Trust me. It's when I started there, they were they were they had um, either just started or we were in the middle of those uh, dinner baskets bullcrap. How how what was, was that? Going, I was gone by then. So Burger King did this thing for about six months where it, it, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Like they tried to make it like a restaurant almost where you came in and I don't remember if anybody seated you, but. You could come in, sit down, and somebody would take your order. And you would take the order, and there were like, was it five or six baskets, Doc? I don't remember. I wasn't there. Um, and it was basically it was just a combo in a box, which is right. the stupidity of it all. But they had like, one of the things was like shrimp. Uh, just stupidity. And you would come in, sit down, place your order, and a... Minimum wage, high school kid would take your order and bring your basket out to you. Like, you know, they had to wait on you hand and foot at a fast food restaurant. Dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Which one? Did, which one did you work at? Uh, the one off of uh, the one by UNO. So all known. Oh. Lee right. Fields in uh, UNO. Where it's not too bad. You probably had uh, UNO kids coming in there. I used to have to drive to the one um, because it, uh, it was the same owner. There was another mm-hmm. one further down on Allegiant Fields mm. uh, that I think is still there. That one yeah. was actually right yeah. by my house. Yeah. That one was right where I grew up. So it, they had the same owner, and every now and then <laughs> that one would either run out of hamburger patties or mm-hmm. nuggets or some bull crap, and I would have to, like, they'd be like, Mike, run this over there. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I don't... Anytime you had to, like, shuttle a box of burger patties over to another store, that was getting paid without having to deal with the general public. Bruh, yeah. I would do it in the a heartbeat. car sm- must have smelled like fucking ground meat, huh? It's frozen patties. What are you talking about? Doesn't smell, doesn't smell like anything. You put them in the trunk, you drive as slow as you can. Harper. It was 1993, and I was driving a 77 Buick Skylark. Do you really You're, think it could smell any worse? No, it already smelled like cocoa butter. Yeah, exactly. It smelled like cocoa butter and fucking cools. So, I mean, but I'm on the It was Newport, Harper. Get it right. <laughs> but I'm on the clock, Harper. I'm driving over to that store backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in reverse. I was like, uh-uh. I ain't in no kind of hurry. <laughs> when I used to work at uh, Domino's, that would happen. A store would need, like, oh, God, they fucking ran out of cheese or something. You're like, I'll go bring that shit over there. Well, yeah. that's different because you can make money delivering pieces. But I got the same money no matter what working at Burger King. So it'd be like, man, you, you get there slow. And you hit the next store and you walk in with that box. and like, come on, hurry. Where you been? I'm like, ah, you know, I have red lights yeah. and shit. <laughs> Allegiant Fields <laughs> is a long street, so I would go from UNO 
all the way to the other store that's right off of 610, yeah, and I would take my... Especially, especially if you're driving in reverse. <laughs> Bruh, the, the, the speed limit on that street is 35 miles an hour, and there's like a and million lights. Speeding with this precious cargo in my car. <laughs> That's right. I would take my sweet time, man, and if I clocked it right, it'd take probably an hour to get there, drop it off, and come back. Easiest money I ever made. You take that dumb shit Burger King hat off because your head was hurting from wearing that shit because it was cheap. Oh, boy. You wearing an undershirt so you take off that bullshit Burger King shirt? Bruh. Sometimes you got to break the rules. Man, I'm going to complain about life today. But working at a fast food place is no fucking joke. Worst experience you could imagine in in, in a restaurant. It's terrible. I see these motherfuckers at Chick-fil-A also. Peas and gums, like my yeah, pleasure. bro, what the fuck's up with that shit? Like, what are they fucking... They got fucking... Va- they got gas volume pumped in behind the counter or something. <laughs> bro, that's how fucking, uh, Bunkies... What's the place of the big truck stop? Bucky's? Yeah. All the people in there were like that. If they, then I'm leaving, I'm like, oh, they can pay 20 bucks an hour in there. Because they, they got the sign and says, like... This person gets paid that and that. I'm like, oh, damn. Once again, let's remind everyone, Mike, what did you make at Burger King? Um, what was the wage then? Four and a quarter? Damn. Maybe, maybe 385? I don't even remember. Not when I started. Oof. It, probably 385. I don't, it was like 385 an hour probably at that time. Uh, mine was 380. Okay, and so. And, and they yeah. start you with that. Oh, they start you. In, in in a year later, they're gonna give you a ten cent raise. That's or right. A I got a ten cent raise, and they were mad when I wasn't appreciative. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, but I can't fake this. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm supposed to give a shit on this transaction. But, but they <laughs> this transaction, I'm making one cent more than the the slut next to me. This. He can't even get it. He can't even get it out. He can't even get it out. <laughs> Harper, he cannot get it out. He's laughing so hard. What did you say, Harper? This fool's eating his own boogers. <laughs> yeah. Some asshole they, they couldn't pass a piss test to save his life. Bro, I drove a few years back. I drove. Uh, it's not more than a few years, but it was in the 2000s, like early, maybe 2008 or 9. I drove through that drive through one day at the one I worked at. Uh, and I swear to God, one of the freaking assistant managers that was no. there when I was there was still at that sunbuck. No. And I remember, I remember thinking, no, Doc, trust me on this. I remember thinking when I worked there, I was like, that job was motivation to mm. never have to deal with that type of crap ever again. And I was like, if there's anything I do in life, it's going to be getting a job a lot better than this. Because dealing with managers who 
barely got a GED trying barely. to tell you the things they try to tell you and educate you on and manage you when they don't have a clue how to manage their own pathetic life. I was like, no way, no how. I'm going to do something much better than this nonsense. 380 an hour would be 841 today. So minimum minimum wage is not kept up with inflation. <laughs> uh, what is minimum yeah. wage now? Was it seven seventy five, eight twenty five? Damn, is that low? It's low. It's low. Seven twenty five. Damn. And it's so like that low. I guarantee you that if I had to work seven twenty five an hour in a Burger King tomorrow, you'd find me swinging from the my belt, <laughs> my belt in the in the walk in. Well, maybe he forgot that he, he couldn't hit that glow in the dark button to get out. He got stuck there. And you'll be like you, be like your boy fucking Goodfellas when he's in the ice truck. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> Man, I think it's 45 minutes in and it's over. I think you were. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. It's true, dude. Man, Brad, that was some miserable, like, you had some good times away from that place because you were young. But, God, the torture of working minimal wage for the Every staff. other customer was a Karen. Your boss was a jackass. God. It didn't matter which one. They were all jackasses. Man, if I had to do it tomorrow, they'd be like, man, I think he went back in the walk-in to get some salad. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, the thing about the Burger King I worked at, we had both the worst of both worlds. We had ghetto folks, and we had the UNO crowd. And it was like, Ugh. man, y'all some schizophrenic customers. One of y'all is a Karen, and the other one is just so ghetto you can't add three plus three. <laughs> you gave me a ten, and your total was seven and a quarter. And you're like, where's my five at? Dude, you give me a $10 bill. The worst. Just, you ain't put no mayonnaise on my burger. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. You holding up the whole line because the mayo, or, or no, we you said no mayo, but you didn't say no mayo. You thought you said no mayo. Oh, all right, George South defeats Tim Horner. Before that, Lawrence Taylor was cutting a promo, and Taylor was talking about being in Luger's corner. Taylor says, Paul Lee sounds like a girl's name, and Taylor says they're going to knock Big Cat on his rear. Taylor's interview or promo is pathetic. It's surprising because if you ever hear, like, his NFL clips where he's on the sideline, the dude can cut a promo but on during the sideline or on the sideline during games, but he was not good talking to JR in that interview. After Horner beat George hey, South. Hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. LT, yeah. Is he the greatest defensive player in NFL history? Mm. I think so. Yeah. I, I think it's hard well, to argue. We had to deal with him twice a year, and it was a lot. I think it's, I think, let me say this. Anybody else you bring up, 
the problem I always have is, okay, so you're saying no to LT. And I think any true fan of the sport. Yeah, I don't like the Giants, but it it is what it is. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't say Ricky Jackson, but I'm glad that you're, you're being serious here. Ricky Jackson was a hell of a football player. Did I say he was? That that actually, before Breeze, that was my favorite Saints player of all time. Yeah, yeah, for real. Was he yours, Harper? Yeah. That dude was a monster. He was the most successful one. Oh, my God. Before Breeze. I like Pat Swilling. Yeah, Pat Swilling. He was good. He left. He was good for a shorter period. Ricky was more consistent and the most underrated member of that linebacker core, Vaughn Johnson. Vaughn, yeah, Vaughn Johnson. Jesus Christ, that dude was a monster, too. I used to have that poster, the, the, the uh, Dome Patrol poster. I did, too. Yeah. Were they picking up dead bodies and cleaning up feces after Katrina? Oh, come you on. See? You oh. see? As you joke about the Von Eric thing, if you ever had to go back to Burger King. Mm-hmm. Nice, Doc. Doc, did you have anything from else from that Lawrence Taylor promo? No. You, whatever. I came okay. up with that hypothetical question because he, he didn't say anything. Oh, my God. He didn't say nothing. Um, so, real quick, we got one more promo. Before I mention it, I want to remind you all to please consider becoming a patron at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. That's tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Great way to support the show. Get tons of extra content. Clashes, pay-per-views. We've got a clash coming up towards the end of this month or early July, I believe. Uh, so, another clash coming. Pay-per-views coming this year. Lots of stuff on the Patreon feed. ECW, WCW, NWA Power, where it sparks in a little fella half pint. All that good stuff. TinyURL.com says Patreon BTT. All right, so we go to the final promo, and it's Jim Ross. He's talking to Paulie Dangerously and then Missy Hyatt. And um, it's actually pretty damn good what they do here. It's a shame it takes a valet, as I'm calling Missy a valet, and a manager that are ones who are giving good promos and promo time in front of, their cr- in front of the crowd. Um, Doc, I actually had it queued up to play, and it went a little bit too far. So uh, let's actually go to that now, because this is good. Ladies and gentlemen, as we mentioned during the broadcast at the Clash of Champions live here on TBS on Wednesday night, January the 30th, my two infantile colleagues will settle their situation in an arm wrestling match. Missy Hyatt and Paul E. Dangerously in an arm wrestling contest, and I want you two to be civil. No more just walking in and out. Listen, he started it. He's jealous. He's a big baby. He lives at home with his mommy and daddy, and I'm tired of it. First of all, maybe you should live at home with your mommy and daddy, buy yourself some real clothes, but this promised me one thing. When you come to the Clash of the Champions, when you come for the arm wrestling contest, I want you to dress like a lady and not dress like what we all know you really are. Why don't you wear that? Well, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Lee, for once, is speechless. And we'll see you tomorrow night at 6.05 on the main event. So long, everybody. It's a damn shame one of the commentators, a manager, and a quote-unquote valet are being more entertaining than any other promos on the show. For real. I mean, what did you think about it, Doc? I thought it was really well, good. Well, Missy's a star, and she's getting some some run for the first time in a year and a half. Why not? Actually, it was really good, because Pauline talks about her Literally wearing something, and 
She was like, why don't you wear that oh, when she slapped him? Don't you wear said, why don't you wear that? And she slapped up his out of him. Paul sold it, too. Then you can Tumble it into the bag. You need a sandbag for that fucking bird room. Watch it walk away. Mm-hmm. Watch. Hey, don't boom. Mm. God, <laughs> falling still. I ain't looking at him, bro. <laughs> yeah, we know. Mm. Anyway, it is time to rate it and hand out some Rolexes. We went long this week with Hopper's return. Uh, let's go to you first, Doc. You want? What do you want? Rate or Rolex first? Rate. Okay. What are you giving it? Man, I, I don't care if there's commercials or not. When I see one fifty nine forty one, I get depressed. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to say C minus. Okay, I, I give it a C. No, Hopper. A C minus. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. do the Rolex or reverse, reverse Rolex, depending on what you want to call it these days, as we're in '91. Um, I'm going to give mine to Missy Hyatt, and actually, I'm going to give it to Missy and Paul Lee deserve it because they were the best thing on the show right there. Doc, what about you? I'm going with Rip Rogers again. Oh yeah, that's true, huh? I forgot about Rip. Who are you giving yours to, Hopper? Yeah, Rip Rogers. Honorable mention. To uh, for the reverse Rolex to um, Lawrence Taylor for being terrible. Oh, Doc, for a dude who could talk and cut promos, he was pathetic. He, he got red light fever. It was like, what the hell? I mean, come on, come on. All right, I mean, come so, on. Before we get out of here, I need to mention. Hopper's video service, relationship advice, life advice. If you would like your very own hard body Hopper video, you need to send him an email to chrishopper 16 wildcat with a K at gmail.com. That's chrishopper 16 wildcat with a K at gmail.com. Make sure you are very descriptive in what you want on your video. That helps him greatly as he cuts the videos. And then PayPal him 20 bucks to cc30388 cc at yahoo.com. Um, there was something earlier when we were talking about it. What was it that you all were saying uh, Hopper would do? Uh, oh, the, the, the uh, shoot one of his LGNs to see if the bullet would go through him. Well, if you want that, that's going to cost oh, double. That, that'll cost um, that'll cost forty uh, to see if the that's bullet will penetrate. More than that, bro. I'm not. Where the fuck am I going to do this at? Your living room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, name the price, Hopper. What's the price uh, to see if the bullet will go through there? Well, just don't say more than that. Tell me what's more than that. What? Oh God! I mean, you could you could get one you could get one round off in the city, right, and not have a problem. Yeah, let's fuck more than that. <laughs> I forgot where you live. That's true. Yeah, you go to New Orleans for you can. Yeah. Wow. What? Seriously, Hopper? Am I lying? Just put my city on blast like that, huh? Yeah. No, you're not lying. I gotta be real. So, okay, he didn't name his price. So anyway, twenty bucks for the for the uh, video shout out relationship advice. Make him an offer. Um, see if he'll accept it through email. Um, Doc, uh, a couple other things before we get out of here. Check out our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Flynn. The northern version of BTT, slightly classier, definitely more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They support us. Please support them. And then check out the bottom line cast with Mike Pru and JV as they 
talk about the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin on their show. They also handle the ECW show on the Patreon feed. Uh, Doc, anything else before we uh, roll out of here and uh, get on our Kawasaki Mule or whatever we usually do? Need baseball season badly. Baseball season. Oh, yeah. Harper, what about you? Anything? No. Doc, I'm sorry. Harper, tagline. Let's roll. Book it, bitch. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. Jim Ross and Bob Cobble back here on World Championship Wrestling. We're going back to the ring in just a few moments. But right now, as we promised, we want to show the, the interview that I had the privilege of having with Lawrence Taylor of the New York Giants. Jim, I'm anxious to see this. You know Lawrence Taylor, one of the greats in professional football. The former great from the University of North Carolina, by the way. He's going to be in the corner, Lex Luger. I've got some good advice for Paul E. Dangerously. Stay away from Lawrence Taylor. And now here's that interview with Lawrence Taylor. Hello there, everybody. Jim Ross with LT. Lawrence Taylor. We're in LT's uh, restaurant and sports bar just a couple of minutes from the Meadowlands on Friday night, January the 11th. LT will be in Lex Luger's corner in a football match against the Big Cat. And the self-proclaimed psycho yuppie from Scarsdale, Paul E. Dangerously, will be in the Big Cat's corner. Now, LT, everybody knows you're the most dominant football player in the National Football League. Paul E. may have the most dominant mouth in all of wrestling. I don't think he knows anything about football. Do you think you can make a difference in, in the outcome of the situation? Oh, I'm quite sure I should be able to. Paul E., I mean, what kind of name is that for a man? You know, sounds like a girl's name. Paul E., Paul E., I ain't worried about him. I don't think he knows nothing about football. I'm the man in the ring. I, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to coach my, my guy Lex to a victory, and we're going to knock the big cat right on his butt. Right out of the ring is the object of the, of the match. No pinfalls in this situation. The winner is the guy that can knock his opponent out of the ring, and Luger will be in full football pads, as will the big cat. We expect to see a lot of the great Giants fans in the Meadowlands on the 11th. Yeah, I think um, we should be able to see a lot of Giants fans. Um, Everybody likes a good fight, and I, I think um, even though we will have a couple of pansies, we're going against the Big Cat and Paul Lee, you know, so I think they should come out and see it anyway. A couple of pansies, but we're going to knock their butts off. Should be an outstanding night of competition, ladies and gentlemen. Friday night, January the 11th, LT's first uh, venture into the professional wrestling game, and I'm sure it's going to be a night that Paul E. Dangerously will never forget. And, you know, he gets a little froggy sometimes. He likes to jump in the middle of situations. Uh, uh, I, I, and we were talking, he, he needs to stay on his side of the ring. He doesn't need to get around an athlete because he certainly isn't an athlete. He doesn't need to get your, near you on the 11th. I don't think so. I think he's used to playing polo and, and ping pong and, and pool and stuff. I, I don't think he knows anything about real uh, sports. I think if he wants to jump into the ring and help his man, I want to jump in there after him. And um, I'm one fight he don't want to tangle with. Exactly right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all going to happen on Friday night, January 11th. We hope that you'll be with LT in the Meadowlands on the football match. We'll talk more about it in the program. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son, on Booking the Territory podcast. <laughs> Woo, Messy Dixon's professional wrestler, Jimmy Vias, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one-man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. Beep.
Everyone, to this week's episode of Booking Territory, the Unspecified Wrestling Podcast. So today, it's a new year for the NWA and WCW. We turn the page and enter into a not only new year, but new decade. The decade of the 90s. By this point in time, a young doc is still looking for his first piece. Harper's probably had a few pieces by now at the tender age of 14. And as for me, that's classified. I'm sitting here with Doc and not Hard Body Hopper, who, you know, you you got to tell him you're starting 30 minutes before you tell him you're going to start. That way he shows up on time. Right, Doc? We tried 15 minutes, and that didn't work. Yeah. And we texted him, and he's not answering, so. Well, and here's the thing. We're recording on a different night, which is really a curveball to throw at our man Harper. Um, but we had to do that because we got busy lives. And man, I got to tell you, I just came from my daughter's pre-K graduation, so that means I've only I'm only half drunk tonight. Well, that sounds like some spot monkey activities. The pre-K graduation, huh? Yeah. Want to talk about it? Need some therapy or what? No, I'm gonna pull a Harper on you. No. No, tell me what you were telling me earlier, how all these parents worked themselves into a shoot over it. Well, I mean, it's how us men have lost control of our lives, because no man ever would have come up with this. Now, here's my problem, buddy. I can't get this gimmick over here to load these five-star reviews up. Not at all? No, it won't load them in. I'm going okay, to well, keep there. Let me, let me take a screenshot, and uh, don't, you had a couple of other things you wanted to talk about as well. Hey, so I think I'm going to start calling you Pee-wee. <laughs> You're like the peewee to my Arn Anderson. <laughs> you gotta explain what you mean, man. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. There's a the, the recent Arn podcast. He's going through his life, and it's really good. And uh, but Arn, he peewee Anderson, re- great referee and close friend of Arn, would get in the car and just didn't have a job and would just tag along and be a little buddy. And uh, that's what I, I thought. Immediately thought of you when I heard that being said. So I know. Okay, I got them to load, so you can relax. Oh, finally, I, I had just sent it to you. I know. It, I know. Hold on. I know that. I know that it's like in our Facebook group, the cool kids love to bash on Conrad. It's just kind of like the thing. I think some people are serious about it, where others are just kind of having fun. Like Javorski, he'll, he'll just beat off to anything. So he, I think, you know, it just kind of makes him laugh, and he just grabs the lotion and goes to crank, and it doesn't matter what the conversation is. But in all honesty, the episode where Arn goes to Mid-South in his first time there, really is must-listen material because he goes through it slowly, talks about a lot of the the intricate details of how he went from where he was to where he was working for Bullet Bob uh, to where he then ends up in Mid-South. So it, it, it's really, really good, and it needs to be checked out. Now, if you don't want to listen to old Connie's podcast with Arn every single week, Hey, more power to you. You do what you want to do. But the episode is called Pensacola with Pee-wee. And it is a excellent episode about Arn going to Mid-South and how all that went down. And Pee-wee Anderson being his uh, 
his riding buddy. He he had no job. He just was riding in a car. <laughs> so I don't know if you can really call me Pee Wee because I got a job, Doc. So yeah, there's that. But anyway, did you get well, those five here's stars? The thing. Let me t- let me tell y'all something. This is actually for you, Mike. We don't no. have time, and we're not going to sit around and listen to ourselves on the show. So we have time to listen to other podcasts. But if everybody else wants to hate every other podcast out there and just like us, I'm I'm gonna be perfectly okay with that. And for pal. Hey, did you get the superstar on the line? Oh wait, you already did. What are you talking about? I'm just real frustrated with the Metairie Madman. Why don't you knock out our most recent five-star reviews? Because we had three of them come in this week. So why don't you knock those out? Three of them. How about yeah. that? What a week. Okay, so our first one is from Kevin L.J. Great podcast. Five stars, as always. Relive a time when wrestling was at the top of its game. Archives covering NWA Saturday night from 1986. We actually started in 1985. Um, if you like what you hear, then sign up for the Patreon version of BTT. Keep up the great work, Doc, Harper, and Mike. I'm just giving you a hard time, Kevin. We appreciate it, man. I I can't tell you how many times uh, I send duck and ducking on uh, text, and it's real fucking frustrating, I gotta tell you. It's nice. What? I know how to communicate with impact, pal. Grow up. Well, and now I gotta... Now, if you can't get the superstar here, that puts a whole other burden on me to crank it up here. Not crank it out. Crank it up. <laughs> and and turn it on here for the shenanigans because you play you know, like today. I wish I could play heel. <clears throat> what? What did you say? You want to heal out on all these people, but you can't because you're afraid you'll run them off. Because <laughs> you don't know how to draw any real money. <laughs> okay. You forget I was a heel most of my uh, Mud Show uh, uh, Mud Show. Right. This is the big time. <laughs> the world's greatest independent podcast. Let me see. You know, you know, let me tell you something that's great about about this podcast. So, I probably, look, the largest crowd I probably ever performed of was probably around 1,500, 2,000, somewhere in that range. I don't really know, but I, it's around that range. Man, this podcast draws hundreds of thousands more listeners than ever saw me flopping around at a mud show ring. That's the best part about this show. So I appreciate you all of our get out of the business people. to make a name for yourself in the business. <laughs> Ain't that a shame? Mm. <laughs> oh, and then there's Harper, who they won't even let in a ring. <laughs> more right, people hear another. Harper on here than let me tell you something about this show and this ain't no shade at Wildcat this show draws better ratings than that TV show he's on now we are worldwide we're not restricted by a geographic area but I'm just saying proceed to the next part right, we got a, well, no, we got another five star review Bubba J 30 Six. Sorry, I can't. My eyes are going on this thing, and my screen's all cracked up and shit. It's a disaster. Uh, five-star review, such fun. Doc dropping knowledge, hard body dropping jokes and poking fun, and Mike in the middle trying to mediate. 
I love this podcast. It never ceases to make me smile. It'd make me smile a lot more if you could fetch the fat ass. Who's the fat I'm getting mad at Harper. I'm telling you. <laughs> You're over there trying to eat. Let me read the third one because I do have it in front of me. Oh, wait, you can finish munching because I hate when people eat on podcasts when I'm listening to it. It's like Ric Flair when he was chowing down the sandwich like five years ago on the show. Like, Jesus. You're not Rick. supposed to eat? Okay. Well, I'm going to go on mute. Go on mute. Let me read this last one. This last one is from Mike Campbell 411. It says, Great stuff. That's the title of it. My job has a lot of downtime, especially during the summer months where I do a lot of traffic control. This podcast is a great way to help pass the time. Mike, Harper, and Doc's banter is always entertaining. And the recaps and clips bring back all sorts of fond memories from my childhood. Thank you, Mike. That's from Mike Campbell 411. So, Kevin LJ, Bubba J36. I love how it's spelled Bubba, too. It's B-U-H-B-U-H-J-A-Y-36. Good job. And Mike Campbell, 411, thank you for the five-star reviews. If you would like your five-star review read on air, simply submit one on either Apple Podcasts or Podcast Attic, and we will do the honor of reading your five-star review on air. Hey, Mike. I'm a, are you finished over there? Are you finished chewing it? No, I got like... Well, we got dinner wherever my daughter wanted because she, you know, cleared that real hard hurdle of graduating pre, uh, pre-K. And she chose McDonald's. So I got like five more nuggets and some fries, but I'll wait for some promos to come up during the show and, and knock it out. That's why I'm really mad at Harper here. He could be talking about Aqua Velva. And, uh, hey, let me tell you guys something. If you're not, Harper bought some Aqua Velva today. Um, and he sent us a picture. So, uh, and I guarantee you he's asleep right now. I'm used to recording on Wednesdays. I fell asleep. I, 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 I forgot. Come on. You shouldn't make fun of a man's stutter. I didn't mean to stutter on purpose. That was me. Oh. But it did, your it, it did sound like what he calls us. And he says, I, I forgot. <laughs> so... Our, i got to admit, if, if, if you're out there listening and you're not a patron, I think the time is now. Look, society's opening back up. The economy's booming. You can't say you don't have $2 now. All these wonderful unemployment benefits are flowing in like sweet, sweet wine. And our patron feed is seriously overflowing. Just this last week, Harper cut a heel, turned heel by cutting a promo on dogs. You and I did New Jack, retrospective, just Smoky Mountain. I'm sure Lance is talking about something, and we got those other dumbass shows. This is the time to get on the patron seat. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I mean, just in the last two weeks, there's been six episodes that have dropped on Patreon. The Harper's outtake... Let me tell you all something. Doc and I said it on one of the other patron shows. Harper went off on rescue dogs. Doc and I do not co-sign Harper going off. But it was very interesting, and that's all I'm going to say about that. If you want to hear it, you can become a patron and listen to it. But we've been on a roll with the Patreon content, like I said, six episodes in the last two weeks. And then additionally, we did the bonus show, which 
I was going to put it on Patreon, but I said, nope, you know what, we haven't. It's been over a year now since we ended our Smoky Mountain run. New Jack passed away. We RIP New Jack, and we put up an entire show where I thought Doc and I might go about 30 minutes, and, well, we went like 70. It was a really, really fun time reminiscing about New Jack's Smoky Mountain days. Become a patron at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. That's tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. You can sign up for the annual option, which you can save 10%, which boils, up, boils down to about a free month over the course of a year, or you can go month to month. Again, you save more if you go annual. And as I say that, I need to thank Harry K., who was an existing patron. He moved over to annual this last week. So thank you, Harry. appreciate it very, very much. Seriously, though, become a patron. Over 300 Patreon-exclusive shows are available at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Plus, video versions of these wonderful shows. Hey, I got all a right. couple more things real quick before we get into the show, all right? Yeah, yeah, please proceed. One, I forgot to ask at the beginning, is this our birthday show? This is not our birthday show. Uh, next week is our birthday show. Our birthday month. Eat. What's that? You Harper's, Harper's probably gonna Harper's probably gonna get us both a bottle of Aqua Velva and send it to us. And that's if he shows up. <laughs> I know I didn't make sure. Jesus. That would be nice, actually. Man, I haven't had some Aqua Velva in many, many years. I'd get a funnel and shove it up my butt and pour the Aqua Velva down in there. I Have don't get that, but okay. That's gross, right? <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, the other thing I wanted to uh, do is we got – I think I know why Harper's not here. Okay. I, think he got stage, I think he got stage fright about busting his rhymes. Because his bluff got called this week, did it not? Explain what you mean by his bluff got called. Well, my intern, we set my intern off, Wolfie, and Wolfie wrote an entire just full-page of lyrics that pertain to the show for Harper to rhyme to these beats. And you asked him to to rap on them at the show, and now he's not here. Yeah, Wolfie's rhymes are pretty good, so we're going to have to table this. So you're in trouble for scaring Harper away. And Wolfie right. in the Hall of Fame Docaholic wing of the the Docaholic Chambers. I'm I'm waiting to sh- I'm waiting for Harper like whenever if he's gonna do it next week where he can uh, spit Wolfie's rhymes and then I'll post the rhymes in the Facebook group. Or right, that's the birthday show. That's the one he needs to do it on. That would be a good one for him to do it on. I do. The other thing I wanted to ask you about here on the air is, um, I heard a rumor. In the wrestling internet community, that you might be talking to Darren. Is that right? Christ. By the time this airs, you may have heard it already. You know, Darren Darren needs to say thank you to Luke because if his friend doesn't keep badgering me about getting Darren on this show, it never happens. But good God, the text messages from Luke, uh, he you got to get him on the show. Like, uh, okay, 
Let me put this moron on the show. And to be honest, the questions from the Facebook group might make it worthwhile. Might. We'll see. Again, you may have heard it by the time you hear this show. But yes, there's supposed to be a, a Darren D-Man Siebert episode, unfortunately. I apologize in advance to all the listeners. I mean, this thing might end up being like when we did the BTT Broad show with our wives. And we were like, man, we can't put that on air. We got to put that behind the paywall because this is terrible. Let the patrons do this is Doc told me she'd be willing to come back on if we didn't talk about wrestling. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what are we talking about? Like, what do you want to talk about? Like, Who knows? Like, that doesn't make sense. Probably probably her day at work. I don't know. Boy, that would be riveting audio. Such a DVR for that one, huh? <laughs> no shit. God. I told you how I got around that. What? What'd you do? I had my mother-in-law move in here. Oh. That's somebody who actually cares about how her day went. That's as you can tell her. God bless America. All right, Doc, are we ready to get into this week's show? Got a feeling this might be the best one ever. You said that the last couple of weeks, and uh, Harper's not here, so, you know, we can only do what we can do at the moment. Is there anyway. a hurricane down here right now? <laughs> no. Did he, catch, did he catch Rona again? No. There's no telling, actually. <laughs> I'm not going to feel bad or worried, because every time I do, it's some dumb shit excuse. No kidding. Every time you, every time, I just started the video recorder for this. Harper's not here. He's, what, 30 minutes late at this point. But every time you feel sorry and start to worry that something's wrong with him, it's, I got day drunk. It's, I fell asleep. Help me out, Doc. Give me another one of his excuses. We're probably going to hear something like, uh, man, I had a threesome with my girl and another girl that dressed up like a clown. <laughs> my dog ran away. I had to go find it. Bruh, 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 I got a story. And the one that dressed up like a clown, let me tell you what happened. She comes over and she's got these big clown shoes on. And she says, I only got one rule. The face paint and the wig stay on and the shoes stay on too. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's that's how absurd the story is going to be once we find out what happened to him. <sighs> he had a reaction to the aqua velva and it knocked him out. Well... I've got the video version going now. This is the January 6th, 1990 edition of NWA Saturday Night on TBS. We turn over to, once again, not only a new year, but a new decade in the NWA and WCW. And as we jump into 1990, I do want to say a couple of things as Doc is over there trying to top off those nuggets. Um, 1990 is going to be... The most interesting year yet, it's, in my personal opinion, the worst year of the years we've done so far. And it's kind of, there's good stuff, but there's also times when you go, what the hell are they doing? So I had to point that out as we go into 90. We're going to have some fun with it because it's kind of what we do. 
and we'll chop it up. And I know many of you out there, you know, Doc, there's a bunch of people out there who, in 1990, they were the same age as us as we were in 85. So, like, this is their time of just getting into it. So it was what they knew at the time. But in actuality, by the time we got to this point, you checked out. You were chasing other things. I was in and out watching some, but not seeing it all. And I saw many of these a few year, uh, years ago. But the point being, 1990 to some is still a good year, but it depends all on your perspective. For me, i got to be upfront and honest. I don't know if 90 stacks up. Um, there's some good, there's some bad, <clears throat> Norman and Abdullah, and there's a lot in between. But we're going to have fun because it's what we do. Now, this week's show opens with Teddy Long mentioning that the Skyscrapers will have a new member, but they are still going to be known as the Skyscrapers. And then we head to center stage. Kevin Sullivan is back, and we're told the Rock and Roll Express are here, and Dr. Death is here as well. No, the Rock and Roll Express doc were not in Japan. Now, I'll throw it to you if you've got any comments on things I've said or if you've got comments on the opening with Sullivan and Jr. Sullivan with a suit on. Well, I'll finish the last nugget about a minute and a half ago, you long-winded bastard. I was trying uh, to give you some cover time. Thanks here. for the air cover. Uh, Sullivan bought himself a new suit in Japan, which is nice. He was uh, in Ireland. I, he was supposed to be in Ireland, remember? Not Japan. R and R is back. They were not in Japan. I I joked because last week you said, or two weeks ago, I don't remember when it was. You said it. You were like, "That's my answer when everybody, anybody's gone away." They were in Japan. Am I wrong in saying that the rock and roll never went to Japan? <laughs> DM Steven Jaworski on Facebook. He'll answer it. That's my new rib. DM him. He'll answer it if you want to know. DM Hopper, too. DM both of them. Yeah. <sighs> well, that's some suit Sullivan has on, though. He looked good. He looked very sure. dapper. He's still got his uh, fluffy mullet going on and whatnot. Well, we go to the first match, and we go to Rick and Scott Steiner, who are going to take on Pat Rose and Rick Fargo. Jim Ross mentioned that the next clash is coming up on February the 6th, so... It's only a month away from now. He mentions that the Steiners will wrestle Doom at the next clash uh, with the NWA World Tag Team titles being on the line. So something to look forward to there. Steiners and Doom for the titles. I wish we wouldn't have had that stupid Starcade where they would have already wrestled, but that's neither here nor there. The Steiners are going to win quickly when Rick Steiner catches Fargo in the air and then overhead belly-to-belly suplexes him. Very, very nice move. Doc, any thoughts on the Steiners here and there picking up a win? Uh 524. Oh, 524. For some, for some suplexing. Let's go. Um, yeah, I like so, suplexes. Let's see what happens. We're at 520. This must be, here's the one you're talking about, the overhead. Yeah. Bro, that can't be easy. That's a nice move. Over the head, belly to belly. in midair and then. Flipping them on over and making things happen. The right? guy flip. The guy he flips also has to make sure as he's going over, he keeps that chin ducked. Because it's if you've never like flipped in the air like that before, the natural tendency is like to try to catch yourself and not 
you know, like maybe don't t- duck your chin and try to get the rest of your body over. He took it nice, though. It looked good. Real good. Caught him in midair. Very good finish. That was Any other nice. thoughts, Doc? Nice. Huh? Any other thoughts? No, not really. So if you're watching on the video version with us, the one thing about these 1990 episodes that we have is they have commercials in them. And we see a commercial for the movie Internal Affairs uh, with Richard Gere. Uh, there's going to be a Tetris commercial as well, a Domino's Pizza commercial, a TurboGrafx video is game this, system. Is this when we're avoiding the Noid? Avoiding the Noid? What? You don't remember that for, for Domino's? No, I don't. Avoid He's a little what? creature that was like trying to make your pizza last, get there after 30 minutes. I don't remember that. Come on. It's a rib. That's a rib, isn't it? Haven't we talked about this? When's the last when's, time I ribbed you? It was on the Patreon show. <laughs> when's, the last time, when's the last time I ribbed you? Uh, you do it all the time. You just don't realize it. You forget you oh. do it. Yeah. Uh, well, I had, I had a buddy you're... in high school whose dad would get, he'd come home from school and his dad would be home drunk, playing Tetris. Wow. He'd come home from work drunk, playing Tetris. There's a, there's a Domino's Pizza commercial, two pizzas for ten ninety i I'd take that right now. Yeah, I would too. Limited so, delivery areas designed with safety in mind. Look, I worked at Domino's Pizza later. That was not part of the deal. <laughs> it was, hurry up, this shit's getting cold. Get it out there. Yeah, they stopped that um, thirty-minute thing at one point. They got food, dude. Yeah, and then after it, it went away, every staff in the world wanted to claim that, and I was like, "He can get here whenever he gets here, bro." Dude, I, I have literally met people at the door with their little egg timer in hand, and I'm like, "You can take that thing and shove it up your ass." <laughs> I don't fucking care. Hold on. When you deliver Domino's, you, you would see people. They would have the A-com right at the door. It's been longer <laughs> than 30 minutes, and I'm like, what kind of sustainable courtroom proof is this? And you and you would think to yourself, you could take that. Let me tell you something, pal. You could take that A-com, <laughs> turn it sideways and shove it. Is that what you thought when you... Thing. You know, so... First of all, you, you said it at three minutes, three minutes ago, and you're trying to tell me it was at 30. So, right. Second of all, it's not a thing anymore because a, a little kid in Ohio was murdered by a pizza man out of control. <laughs> and I'm standing here with your dinner right now. Do you want me to take it back to the store and say, I was talked rudely to, and they had an egg timer, and you don't get to eat dinner? Or you can shut the fuck up and take this pizza. <laughs> you were just ready to cut The problem with it is that the common staff out there in the wild does not understand the concept of leverage. And when you're standing there with your fat gut hanging out of your T-shirt and your shorts and your egg timer waiting on my pizza, you ain't got no leverage. Well, then you got to call back to the store and deal with some high school kid to get the money refunded back. Good luck with that shit. And then you got to figure out how you're going to get food. So you got to put on some clothes and go out and get some food. Or you got to call some other pizza place to deal with some other high school kid and wait 45 minutes for it to get there. You ain't got no leverage, so shut the fuck up and take your pizza. 
Chris Zaha just said dying in the Facebook group on that comment. But anyway, I hear you, man. Is this live in the Facebook group? No, I'm just thinking, like, I'm projecting. That's what he's Uh, getting. I delivered pizzas for a long time because I didn't get rich and successful till later. And I got to tell you, man, 90 to 95% of the people you, you deliver pizza to are just good folks. And it's a, it's a nice transaction, and I'm there to get you what you want and get out of your way and get on to the next one. And, but, man, the next 5% make me want to write down your address so that if I ever have to, ever have to come back, I'm going to rub my fucking dick on your pizza all the way there. Grow up! Man, God. I, again... You gotta understand the concept of leverage. What you're gonna get mad at your waiter, or get interested at the fast food restaurant? You you worked at a fast food restaurant. You never saw some foul shit go down. Oh yeah, all the time, all right. the time. You know, so, so again, when you're trying to get food, the key message is shut the fuck up and wait. Oh, um, nothing good's gonna happen to the, if you if you're a loudmouth. When I was in high school and was working at Burger King, I had a friend who, a high school classmate who worked at Domino's, and he told me this story one time where he was, like, rushing to get to the to get to get the house, and he gets there, and he's got two pizzas. Um, he hands him the first one, and then some kind of way the box fell, and the pizza popped out of it, and he caught the pizza on, like, his forearm like the the crust side on his forearm and he just like looks up and he's like look I'm going to have to go back to the store and you know nah you don't get you, hold on wait, wait wait I'm going to have to go back to the store you know get you your money or, or get you another pizza and he said the dude just looked at him and was like dog just put that thing in a box we're going to eat it right and he said he, he said he just slid it he said the thing literally was resting on his arm, and he slid the large back into the box. That's a smart man. And he, he was like, dog, you ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> smart man. He was telling me the story. He's like, bro, them people had to be hungry because it was like 90 degrees, and I was sweating, and I was funky. I was like, yeah, but here's man. you're either an indignant prick. A hungry, indignant prick, or you're eating dinner. Which do you want to be? Well, that guy was eating dinner. There you go. In his house. There you go. On that note, let's go to uh, Teddy Long. He's got an update as we come back from commercial. Ladies and gentlemen, we heard at the top of the program, Teddy Long will be introducing the new skyscrapers here on the program today. We know that Sid Vicious has sustained an injury. So are you temporarily replacing Sid Vicious in the skyscraper lineup? Well, let me tell you something about the new skyscraper, okay? Sid Vicious has already been replaced, okay? There's a new skyscraper, mean Mark Callis, along with him and Dangerous Dan Spivey, the real deal. They're going to rule professional wrestling, okay? I have one question to ask. What about Sid Vicious? What about his feelings of this situation? 
Well, he have a job when he gets back. What about Sid Vicious? Well, let me tell you something about Sid Vicious, and let me tell you people something about Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious is a hired hand. He works for me, and he does what he's told. So when Sid Vicious feels better, who knows? I might have a job for him. I don't know. Well, thank you very much, Teddy Long. We'll introduce the new skyscrapers in a program. Let's go up now to Rhubarb Jones. Ladies. But, Doc, any thoughts on Teddy Long right there and his announcement? Not really. I mean, I think the best way to introduce The Undertaker would have been to have him come out and wrestle first. But, no. Well, I mean, this is the thing. Did... Who knew who Mean Mark Callis was? So he said a name. Okay, great. He's got a name, but I don't know who the fuck it is, so what do I care? Well, I guess, yeah, I see what you're saying. He should have just came out, and they could have been like, oh, God, this is big ass dude. big and bad, and let me get excited about what I see versus you trying to sell me on something I don't know anything about. Look, he's not the undertaker when he comes out here. I mean, obviously, we know that, but when you see him, you're like, this is a big son of a gun, man. This dude's, he's intimidating looking. Mm. Okay. So we'll go to the next match. It's the Midnight Express versus Ned Brady and Paul Drake. Corny's on commentary, and he says Teddy's team of skyscrapers only lack experience together. Jim Ross minds Corny that the Rock and Roll Express will be back today. Corny, who's on commentary with Jim Ross now, says, We ran them out, and they didn't even have the sense to stay gone. Sullivan is uh, jabbing Corny when he says the Rock and Roll held the World Tag Team titles four times and Midnight only two the Midnight are going to win with ease here. Doc, any thoughts? Man, the, the Midnight looked really good here. And I was just thinking, if Heard wasn't such a hyena jackass, I'd love to see right now, at the next clash, the Midnights and the Steiners get it on. You know, his hatred of the Midnight and Cornette... Let me book this territory, goddammit. ...was completely irrational, and it leads to them leaving this year. This is the last year they'll they'll be with us. It's terrible when you think about it. Just... It's not good. And they made chicken salad out of chicken shit with the dynamic dude feud. Don't, you know, don't... They did a lot with that nonsense. I stopped it here because during the pro, during the match with the Midnight, there's a sign. I can't read the left sign. It says, I, we love you at the bottom, but on the right it says, it's a fan. It's a lady. Looks to be in her 30s or 40s, maybe. I can't tell. Um that a woman? It looks like a woman. Look at the, the nails are painted. That's why I thought that. Stan Layton, the gangster of love, hit him with your best shot. Fire away. Rope away. That's what I was thinking, unfortunately. Oh, let's see. Can we read Bobby's? It says, Bobby Eaton, the backbone of the Midnight Express. Bobby, we love you. Okay. Yeah, I see it. Anyway, uh, some signs for Stan okay, there's Bobby. there's a question. Yeah. One of the, would Stanley? Uh, no. Okay. I know what you're going to ask. They would not. Not that woman. Mm-mm. Nope. I wasn't even sure she's a woman, so it was a woman. Jesus, that was a that was a woman. Okay, any other thoughts, stock on their match? It's quick. Yeah, that was it. So we go to commercials uh, again. 
We get an Oxy-10 commercial. Remember the Zit commercial, Oxy-10, Doc? Oh, yeah. I didn't really have Zit, so I didn't have to worry about that shit. No, I don't believe that for nothing. There you go. No, that's then the we... truth. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest about that. I didn't. I'm, I was lucky. I'm going to tell you, because uh, ketchup, okay, I like ketchup. Heinz ketchup, yeah. The music to it was tremendous. Uh, Can't play it, though. Yeah, I don't want to get dinged on the YouTube. Um, they put over how thick the ketchup was. Mmm, thick and creamy. Is this the Goodwill Games? This is the 1990 Goodwill Games commercial. Yes, it is. We're, we're Goodwill so Games time. So I guarantee you I watched zero seconds of this. <laughs> um, and I got to be real honest about 1990 wrestling. 1990 as a year. I might have seen a couple of flare matches, and that will be it. Wow. Yeah, the Goodwill Games are going to be in Seattle. On, uh, uh, on 1990. Here's that movie so, uh, again. Yeah, Internal Fear. With the Goodwill Games, what I was going to say, uh, Ryan and Auburn and Kenny Byersdorf. Um, uh, did y'all go to the Goodwill Games? I know y'all live in that area. Our Internal Affairs movie once again. We get an Alcatraz commercial once again. Van Damme kickboxer VHS commercial. We get a here's Burger another, King. Here's something else. I have never seen a Van Damme movie. Not oh, one second. I don't believe that. You didn't even know for it? What? You didn't even see Bloodsport? No, not one second. I, I, look, I'm not, I'm not into the Van Damme movies. I was just going to say. There's thing in my family that I don't watch movies very often. And so there's like, we could do like the, all the movies I've never seen and have it be a patron special sometime. Well, there you go. Van Damme right there, kickboxer. Okay, that's most, more of that movie than I've ever seen. <laughs> I was, uh, I liked Bloodsport, but that was just me. Uh, Doc, we're also going to go to a Burger King commercial. Mmm, get it your way. Yeah, get it your way. Uh, two burgers for a buck. Oh, oh man, I remember. So here's the thing about that. I remember that deal because I started working my stint at Burger King about six months after this. What was the worst thing about Burger King? What was the worst thing that happened at Burger King, the promotion? Everybody knows the answer to this. Oh, ninety-nine cent whoppers, bro. Jesus Lord, brought saps out of woodwork that I did not even know existed. (laughs) The line would be out the door every time. I need ten whoppers. I need twelve whoppers. I'd be, you know, once again, you're yelling at people for your weight. When you got no leverage, you're getting a fucking burger for a dollar. This is the time for you to shut up. <laughs> Doc, you're about to get nuclear heat. Here it is. TBS's movie tonight, on after wrestling. Rio Lobo with your favorite actor, John Wayne. <laughs> John Wayne, Daddy, Daddy Doc's Why hero. Why just be Wolf River? Why did it have to be Rio Lobo? I don't know, because they're in the West. I don't know. I've seen minutes of John Wayne movies, but it's been over 35 years. Oh, you might as well hit the fast forward here, pal. I got nothing. Norman the Lunatic is taking on Bob Cook. Remember, Bob Cook is Harper's new favorite enhancement talent. Norman comes out to shout. Yep, shout. Mm Mm-hmm. We get a picture and picture from Norman where he tells us he's going to give woman a picture tomorrow. 
Norman wins. Doc, do you got anything? No, I fast-forwarded. I'm not doing this. <laughs> you, you really got nothing. Well, let's keep moving. More commercials. Literally. This is the third set of commercials, and we're not even at 25 minutes in. Entertainment Weekly Magazine. Let me tell you, this commercial was long. And they never tell you a price. They just mm. leave the 1-800 number there, which means they're trying to suck money out of you dry. If you, if, you, if you need a price, you can't afford it. If you if you don't show a price, you can go fuck yourself. Oh, there it is. 99 cents per issue. Oh, okay. That's almost 50% off the cover price. That sounds like a great deal. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. So we get Entertainment Weekly. There's a... I don't know what it is in 1990. I'm going to fast forward to it. Every single... Oh, my single, God, these guys. Every, I, hold on. Let I, me say, let me say what it is. Let me say what it is. There is a 1-900 number for the boys commercial multiple times on multiple episodes in the 90s for wrestling. And I'm not sure why. Bruh, I was hoping you knew something here. Well, look, do you know who the boys are? No. Okay, I do. Michelangelo will laugh at this. Robert Silva will laugh at this. So, hold on, hold on. Before you tell us who they are, how many dirty names do you think those little little boys were called on the Southern Wrestling audience when this came on? Well, I don't know. It is the South. So, I mean, now that I think more about it, it's the South. So, I don't know, man. So, the boys were a very popular group around this time and the young sisters loved the boys the girls in my neighborhood girls I went to school with they loved the boys like the boys were like I don't want to say the white version of what I, I don't, I don't want to say they were the black version of a certain group that was out during this time but like the sisters loved the boys Back then. And their first album was, I don't remember how many it sold, but they were really, they were popular. So they were really popular. marketing? What the hell does that mean? Well, they're not coming through a label. No, so they were through. So it's like no, direct, you know, like. They were, straight. I don't know what, I don't remember what label they were through, but they were. No, you say gorilla. I, I was about to get pissed at you. I see what you're saying. <laughs> Whoa, whoa! I meant G U E R. Like, um, no, they were, they were not like a, a you know, like the ghetto a, boys on here or something. They weren't running through a record label necessarily. They were just taking it straight to the people. No, they had they they were the record label. They actually put out like three or four albums. That's nice. You think I would be that racist? Come on, Bruh, I don't know, man. You don't know. You don't know. It's our sixth. It's our sixth birthday show tonight, and you don't know. Anyway, the boys, uh, the sisters, were were were, were loved them. Were the they boys, the sons of light. No. Originally known as the boys, yeah. Were they before the boys? No, they are they sons of light are an American R and B boy band originally known as the boys. Oh, you're saying are they called the Sons of Light now? They were, they? I don't from know. Eighty-four to ninety-three, they were the boys, and from ninety-nine until today, they are the Sons of Light, and they're on Motown. Eighty-four to ninety-three, they were. I didn't know they were. They were uh, a group that early. 
They've only made three records, too. Shit. Well, again, Did they you were... like the song Lucky Charm back in the day? No, nah, I didn't like Lucky Charm. The Lucky Charm was terrible. I didn't like... Lucky Charm was terrible. They had, like, two songs on the on the first album that were that were good. And then they grew up and kind of got older. And do you remember the movie uh, Ernest Goes to Camp? One Funny enough, them, I have seen that one. One of oh, them is in that movie. One of them is in that movie. The 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 African American kid in that movie um, is one of the boys. Okay. His real name, I think I believe his real name is Bilal. Yeah, Bilal. He was one of the blot down. You know, he was on there just a minute ago. All right, let's keep moving. We'll never get through with this show tonight if we don't keep moving. So anyway, we saw the boys. We saw a power stick deodorant commercial, which looks like a knockoff speed stick, and another Alka Seltzer commercial. Man, they're packing them in, man. Literally. Three hey, this is commercial still segment. advertising for wrestling, man. We got a bevy of sponsors. Dude, it's, it's going to get old in another two weeks. The first, the next match we go to is Buzz Sawyer and the Dragon Master versus Ricky Nelson and Rick Ryder. Sawyer and Dragon Master win, and those are my notes from it, Doc. Okay, so I really like the headdress that the Dragon Master was wearing. I'm not even joking. I thought that was good. It's better than his look without it. Yeah, it is cool. Look, look at it. Here yeah. it is on the video version. Pretty badass. Yeah, it was like the thing Muda wore, but with hair. Yep, because it's got that long nose. That top, top was like, man, just get on. Come on. <sighs> Buzz, you know, thought, man, Buzz will lay in some flying elbows, won't he? Yeah, yeah, he will. He's just not a good I, person. I love it. You wouldn't love it if you were in the ring with him. That's true, but I'm not. I also would have shit my pants if I was in the ring with 1982 Kamala like Arn Anderson was, but that's a different story, too. Yeah, he said that that was his first match in Mid-South, and he didn't, he didn't, you know, back then, separate dressing rooms, you never saw the guy, he never talked to the guy. It was his first night in there. The first time he laid eyes on Kamala is when Kamala hit the ring. Fuck that. Hey, has Buzz always been missing that tooth, or has he recently lost a tooth? No, I think he's always been missing it, but I don't know. Uh, can I get 3044, please? Oh, come on. We were That's just a tombstone pile driver in, in 1990. Five 50-year-old man. Oh, Is he getting God. good? God, he it's not that. It's Is that Rick Ryder that took it? Yeah. He didn't take that right. He's supposed to wrap his arms around him, and he's just got him just, like, sitting there. Because he slid, and he slid down because of that. That could have been fucking dangerous. I thought so, too. That's why I pointed it out. But you wanted oh, to give me shit for, you know, analyzing God. the actual wrestling instead of the damn dildo commercials every five minutes. Well, we're 30 minutes in and we've already had three sets of commercials. Guess what happens after this? What? Let's see some more commercials. Yeah, I, didn't watch the, I didn't watch the commercials. <laughs> during my show here, because I when I watched it originally, because I knew Harvard would have a lot of shit to say, and then guess who doesn't show the fuck up? Harvard. See, look at the, oh my god, that could have been came, dangerous. He came real close to having a real problem there. Jesus, man, that makes me cringe watching that. So the next set of commercials, Doc. We got a main event ad, NWA main event ad is what I'm saying for that show. 
We get a Sega Genesis commercial. Chris Zaha will love that one. I was more get, of a Nintendo guy, so I can't go there. Genesis came out after Nintendo. It was a better system than the original Nintendo, but, you know, thanks for playing hey, along. Hey, you know as well as I do that once you got a gaming system, you were set for the next few years because there wasn't a chance in hell your parents were getting you another one. Something like that. That's how Hopper got stuck with the Atari 7200. I can't remember which one it was. But anyway. Well, that was a bad one. After Sega Genesis, Chris Laha, don't crank off like Javorski if you're uh, watching a video version of this. We go to, uh, we see another commercial for the boys. So there they are again. And then we get a commercial. That's not how it went. No. They had a song. Their their biggest hit was uh, Dial My Heart. Dial it, dial it, just dial it, baby, dial it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's actually like, nothing like the late '80s, early '90s little brother in a man-sized suit. The video you're seeing right there is is the video to Dial My Heart. That's that's well, the six video. years ago. These little bastards would have been two years old. How were they around back then? That's why I'm like 1984. That doesn't make sense. The only and one I, who would have been a say bastards to mean anything other than I like to cuss, but I got to be careful on Mike. Michael called the NAACP on me. Okay. Well, we got an NBA Tuesday on TNT yeah. right here. Commercial. We got the Lakers. I, you, I hate the I hated the Lakers. Tom Chambers. Yeah, buddy. And then we get a commercial for uh, Kevin Bacon, the movie Tremors. Remember that one? Terrible. Terrible. So stupid, I don't even remember it. Probably. Uh, We get a soft scrub commercial, and then we get a gun smoke commercial after that, Doc. Gun smoke. (laughs) Maybe people would associate our product for being small-time and old-timey and southern and if we didn't have gun smoke. Dude, I hate the Old West. I hate westerns. It's just bullshit. It's dusty. It's bullshit. What what was it about the what was it about the boomer generation of men that loved that western bullshit? They got sold. They scooped it, lapped it up like the marks that they are and they thought somehow beating around some Indians made you a real man. (laughs) What the hell? Well, we got Everybody knows it wasn't the pistol or the horse; it was the smallpox. Let's go now to a video package. We're going to hand out the. You didn't need to go beat up or shoot an Indian. You just needed to have some respiratory problems. Let's go now to a video package. The 1989, excuse me, PWI Achievement Awards. Here it is. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to World Championship Wrestling. As we mentioned, Senior Editor Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Bill After, with us earlier with three very special people. He'll be joined by Rick Flair, Scott Steiner, and Gordon Soler. It's time now to present the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 1989 Achievement Awards. Right here, the man who won the Editor's Award after 30 years of excellence in wrestling, broadcasting, and journalism, Gordon Soler. Gordon, congratulations. Thank you very much, Bill. And may I thank the editors of Pro Wrestling Illustrated and, of course, Stan Weston. May I just say that uh, I think I know how those fellows feel when they win a Super Bowl ring, because I'm certainly really overwhelmed with this, and I certainly want to thank all of you out there who have viewed me over the years. Thank you, Gordon. The man who won the most improved plaque, 1989, was a great year for you, Scott Steiner. You're the doctor who invented that monster move, the Frankensteiner. 
Yeah. Say uh, thanks to your fans. Well, thank you, Bill, and I'd like to thank the fans from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You know, this award means a lot to me because a lot of great wrestlers have won in the past, and I'll cherish it for a lifetime. Okay, the wrestler of the decade, and now fifth time as wrestler of the year, the six-time NWA World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion, the man himself, Ric Flair. Congratulations, Rick. Thank you, Bill. Congratulations, Gordon. Scott, congratulations. This is the highest trophy of professional wrestling. Next to the World Heavyweight Championship belt, this is the most prestigious award in our sport because it is awarded by you, the fans. Thank you very much. I consider it a great honor. Bill, thank you. Thank you very much. And for Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine, this is Senior Editor Bill Actor, and we look forward to seeing you at the matches. Thank you, everybody. All right. So, Soli wins the Editor's Award for Excellence in Broadcasting and Journalism. Scott Steiner won the Most Improved Award. And Flair won the Wrestler of the Decade in... Boy, I don't think you can argue wrestler of the decade, Doc. What do you think? I mean, some northerners would argue. They would say a certain somebody. But you and I, we know who the real wrestler of the decade was, right? Is that a legitimate question? That's why I said. You and I, there is no question. It's a fact, Jack. Flair is the wrestler of the decade. And here's the thing about Flair. He didn't just go out there and he got the fans over. He got Steiner and Gordon over. He got himself over. He got everybody over. I think I saw the boys in the crowd right there. No, you didn't. You just oh. Being in the... um, and I, you know, Gordon was like, hell, you said there'd be a quarter gin with this. <laughs> Where's the big eater? Where's the Gordons? <laughs> I'll take Gordons. It sucks, but I'll drink it. What the hell is with this trophy after? I've had a drink in an hour and a half. I'm starting to get the shakes. thought you said there would be a, a pie of beef eater here. You give me a fucking plastic trophy. Get the bullshit out of here. What the fuck after? Flair, where are the fucking kamikazes? <laughs> <laughs> my throat's hurting. All right. Any other thoughts, Doc, on the awards? No. No, no. Yeah. Pillman and Z-Man versus the State Patrol. I still want to do a State Patrol gimmick nowadays. Great reaction from Pillman and Z-Man, if I'm going to be honest, from the crowd. Pillman and Z-Man win when Pillman hits the flying crossbody off the top rope. I got nothing else from it, Doc. What about you? So, having watched the recent Dark Side of the Ring, how many of these people do you think Pillman impregnated? I don't think that's a fair question. How many did he, how many did he, you know, wink at a kid in the crib? How many times did that situation happen? Quite a few. How many times? Kind of seemed like Sean Kemp there during that dark side of the ring. How many times? I mean, you're asking an unfair question about impregnating, but. So the difference, and what I realized here is like, you can, everyone can work on their craft and get better. That's life. You got to put in work. But either you have it or you don't. Pillman has it and Zing doesn't. Z-Man is good technically, but he There's does. nothing wrong with it, but he ain't got it. That's, yes, uh, just making that clear distinction. We're not, not down he... on him necessarily. Right. It's that he ain't got it. And you need it. Right. Good wrestler. Nothing wrong with him from that standpoint. Looks like a million bucks. Yep. But does not have that star quality. And that I can't has. tell you why. 
but Kerry Von Erich, built similarly, had it. Kerry was bigger than Z-Man. Come on. True. But I'm with you. I, I Look, I hear you, man. Pillman's right. got... There's something about when Pillman hits his moves that he just has it, and then when Z-Man does the same thing, you just don't see it. So they could both work hard, or Zink it out working and be a better worker, but he's never going to have it. Yep. All right. So any other thoughts as I keep the, the show moving, Doc? I mean, I was just going to say, the three of us, when Harper's here, have it. And how many podcasts out there work hard, prepare, and ain't got it? You know what I'm talking about, too, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Harper's definitely got it. (laughs) He does negative preparation, and (laughs) he can't even bother to shut the fuck up. I've never seen a more successful guy that doesn't prep when it comes to podcasting. Zero prep. Zero prep. And then you and I do really minimal prep. God almighty, look at that stupid shit. We'll talk about that in a second. Now, we're going to go to another commercial. I think this is the fourth one in the hour. Milk commercial. That looks like the Minnesota Gophers. Uh, Or USC. Uh, football jerseys and outfit, but anyway, um, uniform. We get the uh, it's a that's a milk commercial. Then we're gonna go to, I do too. We're then gonna go to Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We'll see. Yeah, I've seen now. I've seen that. We'll see Turbo Graphics 16 again. Uh, the only thing I think was new besides the milk commercial is the sporting news, and then and then of course we cap it off with another Western commercial. With Return of the Bad Men Western. Which Texas Chainsaw Massacre is this? That's three, Doc. We're on three at this point. Oh, Jesus. Why did the first one was some scary-ass shit, though? Yeah, they, they, yeah they... It was like the commercial, and they, it wasn't a cartoon, but by the time they just kept going, it was like, okay, y'all, y'all, just, y'all just spot me. Man, that first you know? time... It, you've seen the first one, right? It's been on many years, yes. And when that when he comes out of that, that hatch and grabs that dude and t- takes him in the back, that shit's <laughs> on, man. And I'm telling you, that happened in Texas. You go away from the big city, and there's some goofy, loony people out there in the country. Yeah. I ain't saying they're all, like, chopping people up and eating them, but I ain't saying it's that big of a stretch either. Yeah, you get out into the... To, to the Rural parts of of the great state of Texas, man. Oh, they're everywhere. Oof. Hey, back back about this time, uh, our family had a subscription to the Sporting News. That shit was good, man. Really? Daddy Doc read the Sporting News, huh? Oh, yeah. They had all the baseball box scores. Oh, here. All right. Well, here's your Western that's playing. It's called Return of the Bad Men. Never heard of it. This this Western shit on TBS... Every Saturday is Sunday. God! It's the world color premiere of it, too. I guess it was a black and white, and they made it in the color. All right, let's keep going, Doc. Here we I go. The I was say it was the world colored premiere, and everybody was in blackface. No, they, they colorized it. It was a black and white previously. <laughs> the royal family with uh, Rip Morgan and Jack Victory with Lord Littlebrook. Yes, they are now the royal 
family, Doc. No longer the New Zealand militia. They're taking on Larry Santo and Sean Regal. We can't figure out what to do with Victory, can we? He's been a Russian assassin. He's been a Secret Service Jack Victory with Paul Lee. He's uh, where he wrestled in what, what we think is a flight suit. Then he was uh, Jack Victory with the New Zealand militia, militia, Jacko Victory, and now he's with the royal family. All I oh, know is true. that somebody spent money on those robes. That shit looks like medieval times, and then I hit fast forward. Gee, I get it. I need your comments, though, when they come out from, when they're coming out. What do you, what do you have to say? Larry Santo and Sean Regal is who they're going up against. What do you have to say when they come out, Doc? I, I really need your thoughts on this. They my walk out. Thought, my first thought was, oh, goody, I can fast forward a little bit. Come on. Did you see Little Brook hitting his, like, Fargo strut in the middle of the ring after he got in here? Yes. But it's I like, love this is the absolute double down on a shitty idea that happens in corporations every day. Instead of just going, stop. What are we doing? Let's stop this. So, let me ask if you a we question. Keep, we keep putting a different shade of lipstick on an awful-looking pig. Let me ask you a question. What? Would you agree that Jack Victory and Rip Morgan are talented professional wrestlers? Yes, they deserve a lot better than this. And I'm not mm-hmm. like marks for either one of them, but they deserve better. And the little fellow probably does too. I don't know. What do you think they thought when, you know, they've been presented as the most I've never made this kind of money in my life, so I'm going to go with this stupid shit. Well... That's probably true, too, because even when Victory was in world class at the level he was at during part of the heyday, he wasn't probably getting paid great. So, probably. Well, his, last, his last name started with the right letter, but it wasn't the rest of it wasn't right to get paid. Well, he, like I said, he's had every damn gimmick since he's been here. I mean, it's incredible the gimmicks they put on this. He's been everything. It's Since in the last 18 months... He's been a Russian, he's been Secret Service, he's been a Jacko Victory. I mean, now he's Royal Family. It just keeps going. Anyway, uh, Sullivan tries to put over the Royal Family. He mentions that they're much, they're, they're looking much better lately and could give any of the teams in the tag division a run for their money, including the Royal Warriors. And I just had to think to myself, nothing against Victory and Morgan, but boy... Sullivan couldn't have said that one with a straight face, man. He really couldn't have. And you said he, you he must be on the booking committee now. <laughs> you said you fast forwarded after that point, right? Oh, one hundred percent. All right. So next I up, I, I fast forwarded so fast that I didn't even see that they had changed their name. Oh, I heard kidding. rhubarb say from New Zealand, and I was out. <laughs> the royal family. So as we keep going. Uh, we go to the next match where we are going to see the new skyscrapers, as they're called, Dan Spivey and Mark Callis versus Agent Steele and Randy Harris. Mean Mark is going to walk the walk the rope briefly and drop the big elbow on Agent Steele. Uh, he also delivered a heck of a clothesline at one point. Uh, Doc, I mean, this is the first time you've seen this. Uh, what were your thoughts? This guy will never amount to anything in this business. That's what you thought. 
That stupid rooster ponytail. He looks like a muscle at a white supremacy rally. (laughs) So... He's not there, obviously, but he has presence. He's he's built well. He's a big guy. He's he you know he's a little got a little bit more like um it's different. I mean, obviously it's not the Undertaker. He's not there yet, but you could see he's got some obviously some talent. It's easy for me to say this right now, knowing what he becomes. But next to Spivey, you can see who the star is. No, Rhubarb Rhubarb calls him the new skyscrapers at the end, so let's put that kiss of death on him. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They called him the new skyscrapers. I'm like, eh, that's probably, yeah, you don't want to do that. Not the best way to do that. No, you don't. But you're counting on a guy named Rhubarb to know how to do things. Well, leave Rhubarb alone. Eh, whatever. What's he ever done, Hillbilly? Country music, this jockey of the year. Why don't they like us up north? <laughs> that was a nice clothesline right there from me, Mark. It was. He walked the ropes, too. Yeah. Got it all right there, all, you know. He's just missing Percy to put it all together. Well, so after they win, we're going to go to a promo from uh, Spidey and me, Mark. So let's go to that right now. Here it is. I've got to tell you that I'm very impressed by these guys. You'd better be impressed, and all of you people out there better be impressed, too. So right now what I want to do, I want to let the real deal, Dangerous Dance Bobby, tell the people something right now. Go ahead, Danny, tell them, baby. Let me tell all you people something. Yeah. Sid Vicious is a good friend of mine. But the skyscrapers and Teddy Long, money means more than friendship. Tell them, Daddy, tell them. Road Warriors, we're coming after you in 1990. You were the team of the 80s. We, the skyscrapers, are the team of the 90s. Tell them, Daddy. Bring us on. Tell them, Daddy. Tell them. Tell them. Hey, Teddy Long, it's dangerous, Dan. Let me tell you something. In the 90s, you all know who Sid Vicious is. We need more coach, baby. That's what you need to know. And let him know that he's going to be meaner than Sid Vicious ever thought he was, okay? Well, what did you think of Mean Mark's first promo, Doc? Let me tell you something. <laughs> I just thought that's what we all had to say when we yeah. wanted to tell somebody something. Yeah, it's, I mean, it wasn't just him. They, everybody said that back then. Well, we know something, brother. Um, you know, if Spivey would have not be bug-eyed and yelling at me all the time, he actually had a good line, and the money means more than friendship. But I tune him out because when you're always yelling, that's what I do when somebody is always yelling at me. I just tune him out. I just, just never was a fan of him. I can't. I mean, it's like the he's trying to not play. Working. The gimmick isn't working for us, brother. Yeah. It was the same thing when he did the Varsity Club short stint. He did, gets real bug-eyed, and he's he's talking like he's being electrocuted, and I'm like, yeah, bro, that's not You know what he looks like? He looks like a high school football coach trying to cut a wrestling promo. 
Yeah. It just ain't, it, like you said, it ain't working for me, brother. And that's all I got to say about that. All right. Well, we go to our next set of commercials, number six in the hour. God, boy. I mean, we got to pay the bills, right? Uh, another one of uh, Internal Affairs, the movie. Boy, they're really plugging that. Nintendo Tetris. We finally we get a Charles Schwab commercial for the first time. We get a Smooth Lady Epilator commercial. Oh, yeah. Now, this is when I needed Harper because I wanted his thoughts on Smooth Lady Epilator. <laughs> he just set the thing up there on the mound and let it start ripping the hairs out. By the root. By the root. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you watch these old commercials and you see these gimmicks like that, literally gimmicks, and you realize these gimmicks aren't around anymore, it's just an advertisement for, boy, you got got back in the day if you bought that. Hey, the free market works, though, right? <laughs> I guess. I guess. Sooner or later, you soaked all the marks. I love these old commercials, too. Where, you know, call one eight hundred. Anything on my private that only costs ten dollars. One eight hundred two five seven one two three four. Allow six to eight weeks for shipment. That doesn't even mean delivery. Right. That says shipment for it to That's ship. Like, what are they doing? It's like a damn water burger. When you go order a water burger, they start making it. It's like when you order it, they start pouring <laughs> the plastic in the injection mold. But I had to mention that because that was a – and, again, I wanted – I really, really wanted Harper for that one. But he ain't here, so. Fuck him. And then there's one other commercial after this uh, for Slim Whitman. Oh, yeah, Slim Whitman, man. He's the only guy's music that would make the Mars uh, – Martians and Mars Attacks, a movie I have seen – he would make their heads explode. So they had to play Slim, Slim Whitman records to save the planet. What a premise. Okay. Doc, any other thoughts on old Slim Whitman? Do you think here? Slim ever wrote a song you would like? I'm going to say no, brother. This is the kind of shit my grandparents listen to. <laughs> They're all dead now. Four to six weeks for delivery when you call. Man, the U.S. Postal Service, no wonder UPS and FedEx got into the game, man. I can't Dude. wait that long. Imagine waiting that long for shit these days. Bruh, I think this stuff was getting delivered by UPS. Man, I need the drone to drop this shit down later in the day after I order it. I hear you. I hear you. Well, let's keep going. We finally get a decent promo. Let's go to Rick Flair. An hour into the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to World Championship Wrestling. It's always a pleasure to be with the World Heavyweight Champion. We've already had a lot of excitement. We've seen a new skyscraper added. But what isn't new is the fact that Lex Luger seemingly is obsessed in winning the World Heavyweight Championship. And I know that you have really got your sights set on keeping it here. You control the 80s. I hope you control the 90s, and congratulations on winning that great award early in the program. Well, thank you very much. First of all, I made it through the 80s. Nobody controls this sport. It's the greatest sport in the world. We have the greatest fans behind us. The National Wrestling Alliance is the predominant wrestling organization in this sport today. 
And Lex Luger is one of the great stars that makes it such. But Luger, the bottom line is, this is a competitive sport. And the strong survive. And as I've said a thousand times before, Luger, to be the man, what? Have to beat the man. So, pal, I'm looking at 1990 just like I did 1980. I'm going after it with everything I have. We have a new horseman. And I'm talking about Sting. We're reunited. And I want every wrestling fan in the world to know one thing. This is the sign of the 90s. Some may come and some may go, but this is what I live and breathe each and every day woo, of my NWA life. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Rick. Nature boy, Rick Flair, the wrestler of the decade on a collision course with Lex Luger. Now let's go back up to our good pal, Rhubarb Jones. I'll tell you, Rick's promos, this still sounds like he's believing in this CBS thing, Doc. Yeah, I didn't really like that one, to be honest. I don't like Humble Rick, and I certainly don't like bringing the stinger in. Give it so, time. I have seen the I have seen the pay-per-view where they do some things to Sting, so I've seen that. The Clash. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Um, anyway. I, I can't be expected to remember that. What? Nothing. There's the dudes. Yeah, we'll, we'll be rid of them soon. Uh, don't worry about that. You said that a while ago. I know. I did, did but they'll, they'll eventually be done. You lied to me. <laughs> the Diamond Epic Dudes versus Cactus Jack and Lee Scott. Uh, Cactus attacks Scott after the match. Uh, just a uh, spoiler alert. But anyway, the dudes, um, they pick up Hopper out of the front row when uh, they're celebrating before the match. After the match, like I said, Cactus is... Uh, He's going to continue with his attack on his teammates, and he does the same to Lee Scott. And uh, that's all I have from this. Doc, well, you know, you? Douglas and uh, Cactus went to wrestling school together, so that's pretty cool for them to get to get in the ring here, you know, I guess. It's something, right? You're reaching, but okay. All right. <laughs> You're reaching. You're reaching. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit mad because I had to watch it because it was Cactus. But it violated my rule of not fast-forwarding the dudes. Any thoughts on uh, the Rock and Roll Express coming out to you? They look mama? old. They went to yeah. Japan for a year and got No, old. they didn't go to Japan. <laughs> um, I believe they went to the AWA and in Memphis for a while while they were gone. I can imagine how those two territories in 1990 might age someone. Yeah, that's true. But um, they are starting to show their age. They'll show it even more. more than Morton, but he's older, I think, right? I think so. And it'll show it even more, obviously, in Smokey. By the by, the time Smokey comes to an end, you really can see it. But anyway, they're still going strong, which is crazy today. Okay, Doc, on that note, uh, let's, let's hear what uh, they got to say. Because uh, Morton's got one of his catchphrases or lines. Great to see two of my best friends back in the NWA, four-time Tag Team Champion of the Year, and welcome back. Well, thank you, Jim Rogers. It's a pleasure to be back here at NWA. Brother and I have been gone for a long time, but yet we have been forgotten. Everybody's fans here. They still love us, and we love them. So every road we took, brought us right back here at home. 
to the NWA. I'd say one thing, just leave the one thing, let's take on all the competition around the world today. You've always done it, Rick. That's right. Give you all that rubber shit about the fans. You know, to the fans, the Rock and Roll Express always puts you number one. That's why we never mind and sell it for number two. We know that here in this area right now, there's a lot of tough tag teams, teams around here, such as the Freebirds and the Midnight Express. I ran along with Jimmy Cornette that told everybody he ran the Rock and Roll Express out of here. But we're here to tell you, baby, that Rock and Roll is never going to die. All right. And then, a lot of people say that we were the tag team of the 80s. Well, brother, we're here to kick some honey in the 90s. All right, Rock and Roll Express, back, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll be back right after this. Time out. We're here to kick some honey in the 90s, Doc. Hmm. I fail to see how that's helpful. Fail to see how what? That's helpful. You're a badass rock and roll dude, and you're talking about Heine in the 90s. Well, I mean, Heine's were their thing. That's a different way to do it. They weren't kicking it. They were licking it. Okay. Yeah. Well, more Domino's commercials, Chartbusters, Music Countdown, uh, Rock and Roll Era from Time Life Music is uh, calling on here. These commercials are going to start getting repetitive. Uh, there's the Rock and Roll Era uh, double disc set that they're trying to show. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. That Elvis, everybody hates Elvis. Jesus. <laughs> Time Life Music, three or four weeks for delivery. So that's not too bad, but yeah, man, I think we're spoiled by our uh, <laughs> Amazon gimmicks. By the way, how about I just this... go to my gimmick and listen to any song ever written now? <laughs> and kill um, the music industry forever because the artists can't get paid anymore. That's not true. You just got to know how to make money off of it. You are out of your depths now. No, I'm not. There are ways to monetize through all these digital platforms, Doc. Come on. I'm just saying. Oh, here's, here's a good movie. What is this? It's called The Unconquered. Oh, yeah. It looks like, uh, was that Gary, uh, Jimmy Stewart or some shit? Well, they were, that- they were, they were pushing them movies back <laughs> on TBS, bro. Okay. Well, Turner, bought the, Turner bought the, the library. I bet. There was a movie on all days on Sundays, Sunday night, Saturday night after the wrestling, if there wasn't no baseball. I mean, it was nonstop, dude. Just, I mean, I, it was like that through the 90s. I mean, I remember when we finally got cable. It was You'd always have a freaking movie on TBS. But anyway, keep it moving. Lee Scott. It's going to cut a promo. Really? Yeah, mm. we'll listen to it. World Championship Wrestling, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Hacksaw Higgins still to come here in just a few moments, but I think Lee Scott's here. Jim Ross, I just want to say this. I am busting my butt to be a good competitor in the NWA. And what Texas Jack just did to me was all called for. I deserve more respect than that. So, Texas Jack, if you want to fight me, I'll fight you. I'll be here next week, and I'll take you on one-on-one. There you hear from a young man trying to work his way right up the ladder. And he will meet Texas Jack here perhaps next week. We'll keep you abreast of that situation. But the big collision, the big bulls is on the horizon. Let's go now to Rhubarb Jones. All right. So he calls out Cactus and says he wants him one-on-one, Doc. Thoughts? I think I see why Mr. Scott never made it in the NWA. It wasn't horrible, but... He's kind of mush-mouthed, dog. Huh? 
It is what it is. Dr. Death comes out, and he's going to take on Hacksaw Higgins. Dr. Death's going to win. I don't know, Doc. I don't have nothing else much from it. These are some big bastards. Yeah, Hacksaw Higgins has been around for a while. He he was in Mid-South as a enhancement talent. I told the, I told the story about when he was uh, down there and something happened to him. It's on the Mid-South show where we talked about it. Uh, he got up too quick from Paul Orndorff's finishing maneuver, and evidently Paul well, the Orndorff... The Batman's are still down, and it's been 28 years. Well, Paul Orndorff roughed him up in the back, from what I understand. He's kind of a goofy-looking guy. Believe it or not, if you watched him in this match, he he improved over what you saw from him, what you would have seen from him in Mid-South in the, like, 82, 83 time frame. I don't really have anything else from it. He's he's a big dude, and Doctor Death is too. Doc, do you have anything else from it? I they should have done. He's got enough of a look. They should have done something with him to build him up a little bit to feed him to Doctor Death. In my opinion. No, you just don't know a lot about Hacksaw Higgins saying that. I don't know. By the way, I want you to look at his boots. Okay. He's got a star. And it's hard to see because they don't do, don't do a close-up on it. Bruh, I don't know if that's supposed to be a banana or a crescent moon. Jerry. That's why I said that. And I said that on the Mid-South show. It hasn't aired yet, though. Y'all still do that? Yeah. I heard it, it come out very often. I heard it come out very often. It doesn't come out regularly, but we still do it. You know, and the sad part is, is that that drives your fans, the three of them that you have, of our show that listen to it, um, crazier than it does you, because you don't give a shit. You just like I record them and I'm done. <laughs> but but all the people that listen to us are used to hearing you on a regular, you know, schedule, and they're not getting that. <laughs> I get more, I get more emails. And tweet. Hey, God damn it! I really like that mid-show show. When is it ever going to come out again? Y'all, just, y'all, y'all need to be doing that on a regular basis. <laughs> like, bro, I don't have anything to do with the drops of those, man. That's not true, y'all. He tells Brian to hold on to them and drive y'all that's, nuts. Cause he's yeah, that's, that's right. Good one, Doc. You finally said something intelligent. You finally said something intelligent. I, it's my fault. I'm telling him to do that because I'm the heel. There you go. You worked healing your you worked heel in real life? Doc, I had one guy email me. Um That's one yeah. too many. I should look it up. But no, I'm not gonna look it up. He said that I need to get rid of YouTube goofs <laughs> because the the lack of professionalism on this show is very is is very immature and stupid. He gave it a chance after hearing me on Mid South, and you know the two goofballs and idiots that I have on this show, I need to get rid of if I want to be taken seriously as a podcaster. Do you want to be taken seriously? Let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell let me tell this goof something. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, despite all of his many, many faults, is loyal. And, do you, I mean, Harper's a star, so he ain't going anywhere. 
And I learned a long time ago, you can stick around in life just by showing up regularly and being on time <laughs> and being fairly dependable. For real. And so, um, unless you write Mike a, a big-ass check to where he doesn't have to work anymore and can just do podcasting for fun, uh, he's going to say something. He can't, but I'll say it for him. Padna, you go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, he called you all goofs and idiots. And if goofs I want to be taken seriously. That's classy. Real classy. I mean, look, I, I, I love doing the Mid-South show. It's my home promotion. You know, it's it's you're talking about something that you have a passion for. But let's let's be real for a second. I was doing this. I was, hold on. I was doing this before that. So... I realize you you may someone may have heard me there, and, and don't get me wrong, our language is strict. We don't curse on that show. Um, there's no Harper's not on air taking a piss. You know, I mean, but every time I plug BTT on that show, I I warn folks. I go, we are the unprofessional wrestling podcast for a reason. The language is strong. The jokes are terrible. It's juvenile. So listen at your own risk. There's well, let no me, let me tell this false marketing. Let me tell you something else. So I, I'm a goof, right? But you wouldn't have this format if I hadn't invented it. Because no other podcast was starting through a promotion going week to week to week reviewing episodes until I invented the format with the Smoky Mountain Show. Oh, you invented me. that? I can't so we were I'm, talking about a second show. We were going to do football as a work and all the things that happened in football. And I said, you know, we ought to do Smoky Mountain week to week to week. And you go, that's a really good idea. Nobody and else now, was doing weekly at that point? Nope. And Not now, you know of. Now, they're springing up everywhere. Oh, I agree. I agree. There, and guess, there's a and guess lot of what? There's also a lot of podcasts out there that you listen to that are having to reinvent the format because they're running stale on ideas. When you're a star like we are, you don't have to do that shit. You just have to be yourself every week because what did I say earlier? Either you have it or you don't. He called you goof and idiot. Well, Harper is a goof and an idiot. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go to, uh, hey, seriously, I love the Mid-South Show, but I did this first. That's not a slight on any show that's out there that I've ever done, but this was the one first, so you get what you get. And I, I resent that remark. Y'all aren't goofs and idiots. Y'all can be jackasses sometimes. Well, of course, we are definitely 100% <laughs> jackasses. There's no... There's not a single question about that. I just love that. <laughs> is it, again, once again, another person. Another Darren. No, 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 no. I remember the one guy when you said you were going to burn down the Smoky Mountains. You need to get rid of Doc or I'm never listening again. Okay. Well, Doc's still here. And then this guy. Get rid of the two goosting idiots. Huh? <laughs> sorry, pal. All right, let's That's, keep moving. Things are how they are. I'm sorry. Lex Luger is going to cut a promo. He says something interesting. Here it is. 
Ladies and gentlemen, with Lex Luger, the number one contender for the heavyweight championship of the world. I know you're getting ready for your match with Ric Flair, but do you ever get tired of hearing the fans and Ric Flair say, to be the man, you got to beat the man? You know, Jim Ross, it's inevitable that I will be world heavyweight champion. I have been a trendsetter in this sport from the first day I walked through those ropes, Jim Ross. Three weeks into my career in Florida, I was Southern Heavyweight Champion. Three times U.S. Heavyweight Champion. I have dominated this sport like no other in the first four years of my career. World Tag Team Champion. I have done it all but the World Heavyweight Title. Now, when I say I'm a transgender business, I have brought this sport into the mainstream of America. No more spindly leg, pot-bellied, bald wrestlers who have any teeth and spit when they talk. This is high tech. This is right here, 1990. And nothing will deter me from what I have to do, what is my destiny to be. And Jim Ross, it is none other than to garner the world heavyweight title. It's going to happen. You can bank on it. The total package, Lex Luger, is the man who will dominate the 90s. A lot of people don't want to see this happen because they know once I get my hands on that belt that it will never leave. Get used to it. It's going to happen. Fans, don't bet against the total package. And we'll be back right after this on World Championship Wrestling. Doc, who do you think he was talking about when he said fat, ball-headed, toothless, old wrestlers? Boy, I sure thought he was talking about Buzz Sawyer. I mean, in the, that's what I was, like, in the promotion, that fits that description to a team. when they talk? I mean, that's what it felt like. I also noticed he had a 5 o'clock shadow going there. Yeah, he did. That was weird, though, because, like, if he had said bald-headed, I mean, that could have been anybody. But he was just real specific with the fat, you know, bare belly, bald-headed, missing teeth. I was like, well, yeah, that sounds like Buzz. Mm, sure did. It was weird. All right. Doc, repeat on the commercials. Oxy-10, The Boys, Power Stick. I think one new one. There was an AT&T commercial, but I got nothing from it. Did you? Any other comments oh, on no. the commercials? Not at all, bro. All right. The next match is supposed to be Tommy Rich versus Agent Steel. Um, but Cactus comes out, and he beats down Agent Steel. And now it's Cactus versus Tommy Rich, because um, Cactus beat down this guy. Doc, uh, throw to you. What thoughts do you have about he throws him through the into the locker room? What do you have from Cactus and Tommy Rich? Main event in any part of the country, right? <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> here's my only. Here's my here's my only complaint here. Only one? Yeah. Son of a bitch! What? Why would you pin Cactus here? Well, I, literally, my only note says, wrong guy won. Right. And uh, I don't mean that 
in the disrespectful way like it might sound for that certain wrestler that's in the ring with Cactus, but I don't understand why Cactus lost. It didn't make sense. Yeah, this doesn't make sense to me either. You agree? I, mean, I think I think you can you can keep Tommy Rich forever in that role of former NWA champ to in the mid card, upper mid card, whatever. But this didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, does it really hurt Rich that he would have lost to Cactus? I mean, we've seen Rich lose. Right. It's not and like he, that's the new no, thing. He's not going. He's not going to go back to the top. But he's also got enough cachet with the title, the former t- heavyweight title, that he's going to be okay in that role. I agree. This didn't make sense. Mm-mm. At all. Didn't Mm-mm. make sense. Not a bit. It, it was a little sloppy, too. There were a couple of Irish whips from corner to corner where I don't know who missed the call, if it was Tommy or Cactus, but there were a couple of uh, couple of times right. where I'm like, All right, I'll miss shit. Okay. There were a couple of missed spots in the in the at the like start of it. I was like, oh yeah, somebody messed up. But anyway, um, Cactus Cactus loses. Tommy Rich wins, and that's that. I'm with you. Wrong guy won. And that's not me trying to take a slight at uh Tommy at all. So we go to another commercial. A bunch of replays. Rio Lobo with John Wayne again. Doc is getting hotter by the minute. Uh, Sega Genesis again, the boys again. This is like a fourth time the boys have been on milk again, Turbo Graphics again. Literally the same commercials. Let me tell you something. If they had as many commercials, if we had as many commercials in this podcast as they had in this episode, this podcast would be probably three hours long. Uh, but on that note, I do need to mention one thing. Please use the Amazon Associates link for the show, tinyurl.com slash Amazon. a great way to support the show without spending anything extra. If you're already on Amazon and shopping, the show gets a little bit of kickback in return, and it really makes a big difference. So use it every time you use Amazon. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Give that link to the wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever you have in your life, and tell them to use it every time they shop on Amazon. Doc. I'm going to keep moving. We got a promo here. I really didn't want to play it, but I wanted to talk about something from it. Who is it? Well, it's Michael Hayes. And Hayes makes an interesting comment at the end of the promo. Well, he does. He mentions there are not one, not two, not three, but four Freebirds. And that's, that's the cliffhanger. So stay tuned. You got to see what the hell he's talking about. And that was my note. Is it what Rocky King? Like I said, stay tuned, and we'll find out more when we get there. Okay. I tell you All what. Right. I'm gonna stay tuned. Can I tell you something about the Freebirds in '89 and '90? Um, they're not the same as they were back in the day. I didn't hate it back in the day, like seeing it. When I was around this age, but rewatching you turned on Michael Hayes big time. Oh my God, I respect them in world class, but in this era, him and Jimmy Garvin as the birds, it ain't working, man. You didn't it's, like him on commentary though. It's a disconnect. It's just. Is it because he called? Is it because he used the N word in WWF? No, he just he just. Oh, you're you're a fan of that, I see. It, it's 
it's just you're an idiot. It's just not <laughs> working. I thought I was a goof. <laughs> a, a goof and a goof and an idiot. Yeah, it ain't working for me, brother. I don't know what else to say. Right. I'll keep moving. The Samoan SWAT team versus the Italian Stallion and Brody Chase. Boy, Brody Chase with that interesting look still. Sullivan and Jr. speculate about who the fourth Freebird could be, and the Samoans win with ease. And I got nothing else from it. Doc. Um, where are we at here? Oh, oh yeah, Italian Stallion. Yeah, I didn't have one single fucking note. <laughs> That's nice. That's why I couldn't see anything there. I see that. All right. Well, we do have an interesting promo coming up from Woman. Let's go to her. Uh, she's on after the uh, Freebirds and uh, I'm sorry, the Samoan SWAT team and Italian Stallion and Brody Chase. Fans, welcome back to World Championship Wrestling, and let's hear these comments from the most controversial and beautiful woman in wrestling. Here is Woman. I am Woman, and I am the most beautiful woman in the world, and I can have any man that I want, just like that. Except for maybe one man. That's Ric Flair. It may take a little doing and a little time, but this is 1990, and it's a new year for women. And I believe I'm going to get what I want. Anytime, anywhere. Mr. Flair. Ladies and gentlemen, this next. Well, um, she says she gets what she wants, and she ends it with Mr. Flair. Doc, your thoughts? She's going to catch a rope if she don't watch it. Come on, man. This is why that guy emailed me and said, get rid of those goofs and idiots. Hey, Arnie. Yeah, TBS still can't get it right. They've spelled it Arnie Anderson again. <laughs> it was bad when they did it the first time. The fact that nobody caught it is just, I mean, entire division should be fired. Someone, when I tweeted out the picture of it the first time, someone on Twitter responded and said, was it Sweden or somewhere? I don't remember which country it is over in Europe. Arn is actually, the name Arn is spelled Arnie with an E. Okay, so the, the minute that this but, is emanating out of Stockholm, right, that's right. fine. Right, and see that was my. That's the kind of that's the kind of bullshit excuse my nine year old would give me when <laughs> his room isn't clean. He'd have been like, "Ta da! Why aren't you in bed yet? Well, it's not it's not nighttime on the other side of the world." <laughs> and look yeah. at me like he, he figured some shit out. Yeah. So, and, and again, the person who responded wasn't being a smartass. They were just like they they kind of were like just explaining. And yeah, that's fine, but. We're in, we're in America, Jack, and Arn Anderson is one of the biggest stars in this business, and TBS, who just brought him back and hired him a month ago, is spelling it with an E. Look, pal, this is America. We're going to shoot guns and spell Arn Anderson right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, Arn Anderson and Sting take on the Galaxians. Uh, like I said, TBS, they can't spell Arn correctly. TV company, can't spell a simple name like Arn correctly. 
Uh, we're going to get a DDT by Arn to one of the members of the Galactic. That DDT was sweet, too. It sure the piss was. Um, Arn Anderson, such a hell of a wrestler. I mean, we talk about the promos. And he's out there sprinkling horseman dust all over that blonde jackass. Wow, that's nice, Doc. Really? You had to go there, huh? He's great, right? You think he's a great performer, right? Sting? Yeah. Not a great performer just yet, but he's he's serviceable. But you know what? He's never on the top list of any potential horseman grouping, so don't give me that. Oh, I wouldn't say that he would be. Okay. There's an argument, too. I mean, technically, was he ever really a horseman? I mean, I know he was. Well, there is that. But it was so short. Like, mistakes were really? made. Mistakes. <laughs> um, any other thoughts, though, on um, on Sting and, and Arn here? Not really, no. I tell you what, man. Arn, I'm trying to get to it. Watch He's uh, managing with that DDT, though. Yeah, here it comes. And I don't, I don't remember which, I don't uh, which number. Look at that. Hi, yeah. good. That's Danny Davis seven, and I can tell. <laughs> just, that, just that arms thing afterwards is great. This yeah. shit, though. I think that's Danny Davis. Cause this, yeah, that's Danny Davis because he sells like and You that. know what he says with that arm flick? Brother, you can count to 70. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It, it really was, man. It was good. So, uh, well, they, I guess they kind of take us off air correctly because – we got that match, and then we're going to go to the Horsemen for a promo. So let's go to that right now. Here with the senior members of the Horsemen, Arn Anderson and Sting will join us in a minute, but here with Ollie Anderson and Nature Boy, the Horsemen have never been stronger in the entire conception of this group. Well, as I said, it's the sign of the night, and some may come, and some may go. But we just picked up... Six foot three, 260 pounds of the most charismatic quality athlete in the world. Look at Sting, and we're looking good. Woo! What do you think about joining the most elite group in the sport? Well, I think it's quite an honor, obviously, to be doing this kind of thing. And it's quite an honor to have the nature boy, Ric Flair himself, giving me all those nice compliments. Why, I'm not sure. But whatever he says to me is, ditto, maybe double time. Back to you, bud. I know that we have a class coming up on February the 6th. I know that in a steel cage, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and the Sting will take on Mad Dog by the Sawyer, the Dragon Master, and Muda. What are your thoughts on that in the steel? Ross, if you look at all these people, and if they could have told you a year ago, I'd be standing here with Sting in a complimentary manner, their mouth would have fell to the floor, gaping open. But the combination of the horsemen has always been four qualified athletes thinking singularly, working collectively for the same goal. And if you think Bud Sawyer, Luna, Dragon Master, horrification is set on you now when we get you in a cage, life as you know it is over, Pally. That's the side of the 90s. Let me just say one more thing. We are Kids Wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and we are going to turn 1990. Woo! 
upside down. From the four horsemen, indeed, they have never been strong. Now, don't forget next week here, the Rock and Roll Express. All right, Doc, uh, your boy Sting is officially a member of the Horsemen. <laughs> Which one of these is not like the others? You know, you'll never know this because there's no way Sting and Ole would probably recall this. But after Sting spoke in the promo. I thought Oli was I, – I legitimately thought Oli was going to snatch him. Right well, now. something was said, and Sting doesn't look worried or anything, but Sting talks, and his promo wasn't good, if we're going to be honest. Love Sting, but call it like it is. And then after he stopped talking, something's going on because Oli grabs him and puts him behind JR, and he's, you can clearly see Oli – in his curmudgeon ways, is telling Sting something. I don't know what, but, like, if you look at him on the video right there, he's talking to him. And then he's covering his mouth, and he's talking to him again. And he's got a weird-looking smirk on his face, and then he moves him and puts him back behind JR. Something is being said. I don't know what, but there was something going on. Do you agree? I Yeah. I mean, I'm going to defer to you on that, but it certainly looks that way. He's telling him something. Nah, he might have been saying, hey, you did all right, you little shit drizzler. I don't know. You know, I said, you know, I wouldn't be out here if I hadn't gotten a divorce recently and didn't need the money, you piece of shit. He may have said something like, boy, you better be lucky, uh, Tully, Tully, uh, failed a drug test, you piece of shit, because that was sorry. That was a sorry sack of shit of a promo, you painted face looking bastard. I mean, who knows? He probably, you never know, really. But it definitely felt like something was being said. Now, I thought Arn was good. When we get you in the cage, life as you know it is over, Pally. <laughs> I love the Pally line. Doc, any other thoughts though on the promos? Great promo from Arn. Great. Yeah, it was good. All right. Well, we're going to hand out some Rolexes and then whatnot in a second. I do want to remind you, please use the Amazon Associates link. It's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Great way to support the show without spending anything extra. If you're already shopping on Amazon, the show gets a little kickback in return. Again, tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Also, uh, we talked about becoming a patron earlier in the show. I'm going to run a special during the week of our anniversary or birthday month or birthday, whatever the hell it's called. And I'll do uh, two months free if you go annual. So you can go annual on our Patreon at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. That's tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. If you want to give BTT a gift on its birthday, sign up and become a patron at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Not only will you be giving us a gift to help support the show, but you're going to be giving yourself the gift of 300-plus Patreon-exclusive shows, tinyurl.com slash BTT, and that's that. Thank you for signing up. And thank you for all the, to all the existing patrons out there. Okay, Doc, uh, let's rate this thing and hand out the Rolex. Uh, why don't you go first on the rating? This was a struggle. A long show. episode. <sighs> yeah, and it wasn't all that great. <laughs> I feel like I'm being very generous here when I say C+. Ooh, I don't think you'd go that low. Man, 
All right. Um, you want me to tell you why? Norman, the fucking militia, the dudes. I'm having to fast forward a lot here. Okay, fair enough. I'm gonna go B minus, but I hear you as why as to why. And it's not just the because the commercials made the show long. There just what there definitely was a lot of filler. Yeah, a lot of filler. And they're struggling, starting a little struggle. You can kind of feel it in the air. That's why I said you got to hang with this because there's some good stuff, but you got to you got to muddle through some stuff as well. But yeah, I'm going to go B minus. Who are you giving your Rolex to? You're looking at him on the video right there. I thought he finished the episode strong. I think that's one of the first times he said four individuals uh, acting collectively. Yeah. I think Arn Arn was phenomenal with the DDT and then the words. I agree. I got to give it to Arn as well. So B minus Arn for me, C plus Arn for you. Arnie Anderson gets Arnie the Rolex. Oh boy. I'm 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 you know another week has passed where we go long. I'm not blown up. I'm starting to get blown up though. Yeah, this was like one. All right, man. Well, before we get out of here, I just want to take care of some business real quick. Check out our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn. The northern version of BTT, slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun to less. Still fun nonetheless. They support us, so please support them. Um, and then check out the Bottom Line Cast with Mike Prue and JV. They do the ECW show on our Patreon feed and also do a podcast on the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So they support us, so please support them. And, Doc, uh, did I miss anything? Is there anything else we needed to mention this week with Harper not being here and just standing this up? Well, now, well now, yeah, he stood us up, but now I'm starting to get worried. I'm not. Oh, man, if he's dead, you're going to fucking ass. I wouldn't even joke like that, but okay. I always think... What I'm mad about is in two days, because Mr. Largest Arms in the Wrestling World wouldn't stop badgering me to get his friend Darren D-Man on the show, I got to do another pod in two days that I really don't want to do to listen to some Darren talk about whatever. When you ask the arms... What does Darren do that makes him would make him interesting to our many, many thousands of listeners? Oh, I'm going to tell him on that show. I'm going to say, would you hire a, a, a sap to be in the middle of your wrestling ring at a Wildcat show? I already so why are you wasting my time like this? And you're going, not going to... Here's, here's what you need to do. This is exactly what you need to do. You need to show the Army especially the Dockaholics, but the whole army out there and the patrons. How much of a heel you can be. This is your time. Well, what exactly do you want me to do? Just heel out on Darren. Every time he says something, go, Fucking what? loser. No, no, that's Harper. I want you <laughs> to just be disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Man, that's him, eh? I heard you're making fun of us. What's up? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to happen. 
Yeah, you what you always say that, and you you back up a little bit. Mild Mike Mills. No, it's like, what is it about us that you don't like, bro? What's the problem? I mean, you know. Yeah, you got beef. I mean, mean, like, dude, he listens. World's opening up. We could come down to X-rated if we need to. He listens to Conrad and Shivani. You going to tell me they're mature? No kidding. Good God. They're talking about Tommy Young and jerking off Barbarian and... Batista's dick. Yeah. Chewing on a blue chew so Tony can do some plowing with Mrs. Mrs. Shivani. I mean... Tony reads rap. Yeah, like, okay, I ain't throwing shade, but let's be real. That's not 100% wrestling analysis either. Mm-mm. He killed me. He's just mad he's not in there with that, their whack pack. That's right. That's what it is. And he's not over at the Conradus and crushing Miller Lite. That's what his problem is. And oh he gets to tag along a little bit with Wildcat, but he's not really in anywhere. Front row, every show. Don't yeah. be a Darren. Don't be a Darren. All right, Doc. Well, do you have anything else before we get out of here tonight? Can we please get out of here? Yeah, it's been a long one. It's late. It's past my bedtime. On that note, Hopper, we hope you're okay. Doc, do me a favor. Hit the tagline. Let's get out of here. Book it, bitch. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son, on Booking the Territory Podcast. <laughs> Messy Dixon's professional wrestler Jimmy Vice, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. 
This is a one-man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. Today, we are covering... NWA Saturday Night on TBS from June 2nd, 1990. It is somewhat eventful. We'll get to that later on when we get to the review portion of the show. For now, I'm sitting here with Doc and Hardbody Harper, both of them who are hotter than six times, baby. But I'll throw it to Doc first and ask how he's doing because he's mad. I'm not, that, I'm not really that mad because, I mean, I think it's time to throw it out, throw it out to my Latino friends. The ACC, you know. The ACC, uno. Las Boqueros de Dallas. The ACC, uno. Chacha. How long have you been studying that this week? <laughs> it's Los Vaqueros, not Los, you freaking moron, but okay, go Man, ahead. nobody loves the Cowboys like my Mexican brothers and sisters out here. Jesus, Lord, do they? Man, you know, Little Luttrell plays on a soccer team now, a club team, and it's uh, predominantly Hispanic. And man, I'm at home with the dads on that team, man. It is like, can we wrap this up? Because we play on Sundays. Yeah. It's like, can we wrap this up? The Cowboys got business today. We went up there to Belichick land and laid the smack down again. You know, hey, here's the re- hey, Mike. You know things are on and popping. Just just found out a minute ago that our uh, one of our safeties got popped for a DWI last night. Oh fuck. No, nah, that means things are getting good again. <laughs> uh, when the Cowboys are above the law, then you know it's on. How the fuck can you get a DUI? They got to the play football. They get free fucking Uber. I will never understand it when it comes to pro athletes. Yeah, but what if he wanted to get a blowjob while he was driving down the highway? Wow. Drunk. Why not? Hey, man, they beat Belichick yeah. this weekend. That makes us look gone. Yeah, that's fucking Roadhead. That's right. Mike knows what that is. I have no clue what you're talking about, sir. Wait, what? <laughs> None whatsoever. You don't know what I... Roadhead is. Well, I want to shout out our... <laughs> Biggest patron contributors monthly, disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, Mike Children, and Joe Ice. Thank you for your support each and every month. Since these two idiots want to make fun of me, I'm going to ignore them and no-sell it. Thank you. Harper, how are you? I'm doing great, man. That's good. The Dodgers got you down or what? I got a question. Yeah. Huh. You're a baseball fan, right? Uh Huh? You better get that shit in while you can. Why? This is going away. Baseball has got to leave. They got to right. leave the. Okay, Mike, is baseball built for twenty twenty one? Personally, I don't think so. Is Mike there an audience? Little... Is there an audience? Yes, I'm not saying there's not, but Mike I think long term there's problems. 
Mike and I watched a little baseball tonight, waiting uh-huh. and and rooting for the Braves to to hurry up and get this shit over with so that you could you would hop on early. That's not true. You got some real unlikable players in this game. First of all, <laughs> Mike, is ready, Mike is ready to was hoping that somebody would hit Jock Peterson with a steel chair. Okay, hold on. Can we stop for a second and talk about that? First Dude, off, he, has a, he was at the he was at plate at bat with a pearl necklace around it, and no, not no. like the sexy kind, like a real pearl necklace. Okay, Harper. No, I, just know that yeah. I'm speaking out of complete complete ignorance here, and I even put it on Twitter. That guy used to play for the Dodgers. Right. Can you let me say what the hell I got to say? Say something. I tweeted out, "Who's the Who's the dude at home plate batting, and why does he have Mardi Gras beads on?" <laughs> it looked like Mardi Gras beads, and then I was like, "Oh wait, that might be pearls." And, he's and then I'm thinking to myself. Bastard. Why the piss would you have pearls on at the home plate batting? So anyway, nuclear heat. Nuclear heat with him, just, just the way he looks. And I ain't got nothing against the Braves. It just, he looks like a heel. Sunglasses. He looks like a double douche. That's all I'm saying up there. It's his grandma's beads. Oh, seriously? No, I'm, I'm being serious, Hoffman, because no, I thought that. I, I don't know. I just grandma's <laughs> pearls. That's what I thought. <laughs> Mrs. Doc is like, what's this asshole's problem? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so keep going, Doc. But the biggest problem of all, and Mike and I have been on this tip for many, many years. We're down to the final four teams. The semifinals here in America, we call that the, in baseball the championship series, even though there's still a series to go after that. So that may confuse some of our international friends. But we're down to the final four. And in real sports and in real countries, in all countries and in real sports, <laughs> that shit gets played in prime time at night. Yeah. Harper, what time did your team start their game today? Like uh, four like four o'clock or something like that? Four thirty. Okay, what time was that in the actual area where your team plays, what time was it? Local. In L.A., that's, well, they're two hours behind us. Right. Yeah. So on a Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock, we're going to make your team play. Yeah. That's not a sustainable business model. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. Right. I fucking fell asleep, and I woke up like, fuck, this is second inning. So I told you he was at home, Doc. I told you. So you're saying we could have been recording already? Yeah, I, I fell asleep and I was fucking watching it, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I forgot we're gonna do this tonight." So it's not just us that you forget; it's the Dodgers too. Good to yeah. know. I so, told Doc the like, you got a couple of problems. He just said one. Why are you starting one of your championship league series games at two thirty p.m. in their market? And yeah. 4.30 in the central time zone where we're at. Yeah, no, that's fucking 5.30 in the visiting team's market. I, I will, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I understand it's got something to do with probably with TV contracts and all this other bull crap. Guess what? It makes no sense, and it is a reason the sport will not grow. 
I've got no statistical data to support that. All I'm saying is it makes no sense to me. And it makes me mad because I used to watch a lot of baseball. But now I can't watch baseball because it starts at friggin' in the middle or at the end of my work day. And by the time I'm done with my kids and everything else, I would just be tuning in right now for the seventh inning. Let Hopper go. Let, let Hopper go. Go ahead, Hopper. It's like if the fucking NFL fucking NFC championship game started at like 9.30 in the fucking morning <laughs> on a fucking Tuesday. I that told Doc that exact same thing. Go ahead, Doc. That ain't going to happen because real sports don't do that kind of shit. Yeah, for real, bro. And let me tell you, if you're going to tell me that you're playing in the afternoon because you have a bunch of old people and retirees as your fan base, yeah, well, right. that's a problem, too. That's a big problem. That's why, that's, that's why I go on the little rant about if the sport's growing or not because of that. Do you know how many sons, all the sons, I would be if I was a little doc in school and my team was in the playoffs and I couldn't get out of school to watch the playoff game? Yeah, fuck that, dude. Bruh, it it almost it pretty much happened to me as a kid when you know what used to make me mad, Harper? And I get uh, this is a little different because it's not a pro sport. When Shaq was at LSU, I'll never forget the and this still happens today, so this isn't a fair comparison, but it's what Doc's talking about. I remember being in like seventh or eighth grade and friggin' LSU and Shaq is starting their game. And it's not even it's not even the NCAA tournament, it's the SEC tournament. And it's freaking twelve thirty, one o'clock on Thursday or Wednesday or whenever it starts. I'm like, bro, this sucks. I'm at school. I wanna watch this. Yeah. That's that that's what it reminds me of. Now again, that's that's collegiate sports and not pro sports, although, you know, an argument can be made, they're pros. Mm. Um, it's not actually pro. This is your top league. This is major league baseball. Why is this starting between 4 and 4.30 in the middle of my work week. Yeah. I mean, I can see maybe, like, on a weekend. Sure. On a weekend, is, weekend's a completely different story. It is a, it is a Tuesday. Yeah. Now, Doc, on that somber note, you got any more notes you want to mention well, about I, baseball? Well, I just want to – well, and I think that probably means, Harper, you didn't get to see the episode now, did you? Yeah, I saw it. All right. Well, wow. did you notice something about the episode? Yeah. What was it? It was just uh, a half an hour long. Right. So you didn't watch it. Or you watched the wrong one. We were taking bets at work today where we were saying, okay, so if Harper's working and he gets off and he gets home at 530, and this is a two-hour show, there's no way in hell he's going to watch it. He just oh, doesn't fuck, have two time. hours? Oh, yeah, fuck. Well, we didn't have any brains, Harper, because they were too busy beating the shit out of your team in real time today. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to these new patrons and a couple of people who made the move from a low Podbean patron service. John G., Greg G., Mike Everlast, a.k.a. Mike McD. Oh, Mike, you just really need to grow up when I'm thinking about it. I'm just having some fun with you, but you are filthy on the Facebook group, so maybe you should seek some professional help for that. You've gone off the rails since day one. This dude, Doc, have you ever seen Natalia's sister, Jenny? All he does is pose about her adipose tissue and, you know, mounds. Who? Who? Natalia's sister, Jenny. So, Jenny oh. Andrew and I have other daughter. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. How is the anvil having hot daughters? I mean, Jenny is... I mean, I, I'm not really in the natty. Jenny's... Well, Hoffa, what do you think? What do you think about Jenny? Jenny's hot. She looks... She's... She's... Better than Natty. Is she black? Come on. I thought maybe she's Jim the Anvil Nightheart's daughter. What, he can't bang a black broad? His wife. Right, is a Canadian, all wrestlers respect that. His Re- wife is a Canadian Caucasoid, okay? Huh? Yes, all wrestlers, you know. Her mother is also a Caucasoid. Caucasoid. That doesn't sound very respectful. Caucasoid. It sounds like a fucking uh, some Superman fights when fucking Man, My good friend Ahmad used to say that he would call white people. He was a brother. He called white people Caucasoids. That's the yeah. first time I. Him. The first time I. The first time I heard him say that, I was like, "What?" This picture here with her in a red top. I'm telling you, she's... She's got a lot up there. She's... Yeah. She looks and, like she's going to weigh like 260 pounds, though, when she gets older. Come on. Mike's, Mike, Mike McDee's always posting about her on that group, man. Uh, him and Chris Zoncho with their love of... Well, Chris Zoncho likes, likes black women, according to what he tells us. Anyway. All right. Uh, Doc, can we get into the show? We got a long one, dude. This was some bullshit. Actually, I did forget to mention one thing. So I mentioned the new patrons and whatnot and had some fun with Mike McBee. But if you want to listen to our last pay-per-view or you want the upcoming Clash of the Champions where JYD is (gasps) dying against Ric Flair, you got to go to tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt to sign up there. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Get access to all of our clashes, the pay-per-views, the world class shows, and all that good stuff over on Patreon. TinyURL.com slash PatreonBTT. Best way to support this show is using that link, and you get a ton of extra content when you use it. 300-plus episodes to choose from, or listen to in its entirety. All right, so let me let me get this up. i got to share my screen with y'all first, huh? Well, yeah, because yeah, Harper needs to see what's happening here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so again, this is June 2nd, 1990. We're into the summer, and boy, we've, we've got some stuff happening on, on this week's episode. There's a lot of, there's a lot of activity here. Darper, this is it's two hours. We'll have to move through some of the stuff, but there's some good stuff going on here that's new. Yeah, there, there, really, there really is some good stuff. Here, I've got to get a, a window open because I wanted to quote something from some dates here that... It's unfortunate that I'm going to have to give this uh, episode a C. Why that, man? Because I'm staring at this number one hour, 54 minutes, and 10 seconds. Boy, this was Uh, a long one. This was a long one. Uh, They are at the the Georgia Mountain Center this week. This episode, although airing on June 2nd, 1990, and you'll understand why that's important later when I'm talking about the Real Warriors, it was it was taped on May twenty third, nineteen ninety. So we're seeing this a couple of weeks after it was originally taped. But to to Doc's point, um, I thought this episode actually was good. It's long, but it's got all the, it's got most of the commercials in it, so that's part of it. So we open things up again. Georgia Mountain Center, fifteen hundred people in attendance. 
JR and Corny open the show. They talk about a few things along with JYB's return. We head straight to the ring for Brian Pillman versus Barry Horowitz. Oh, wow. Mr. Yeah. Oh, look, see, you can tell he didn't watch because of his reactions right now as his uh, Braves are beating his team 5-2 to two yeah. at this moment. Um, Doc, I'll throw it to you before I uh, mention whatever comments I have from this match. What do you have from Smoky Mountain alumni, Barry Horror was here prior to Smoky he Mountain? He still is looking for coffee. <laughs> um, to, that's one of the, the funniest segments. Here, right here. For what? At this moment? I have a, a note. Okay, as of, right before I do that, no one's going to get the joke about him getting coffee, but Dutch Mantel sent Barry Horowitz for coffee to yeah. go get for his guest in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and Barry never came back. Don't don't insult the, the audience. I think a large percentage of our audience does exactly what I just said. No, they figured the out. Guy too. Who was the other guy he, he, he had? Oh, Styles? Yeah. For Styles. For Styles. Dutch, we're Styles. Dutch, we're right. Styles. You say you want audio here, Doc? So I'm at 145. Yeah, Let me so. play it. All right. Will be in the Omni on Father's Day night. That's June 17th as a special referee when Lex Luger and the Junkyard Dog take on Barry Windham and Ric Flair. Wrestling 2, welcome to WCW. Well, thank you very much. It's going to be a real pleasure to be at the Omni. I guarantee you one thing. It's going to be a lot of excitement that uh, JYD is a very powerful individual. As, as I said before, he can handle any situation at any given time. And, you know... What were we looking for? I had that. Um, anybody want to guess how old uh, Barry Horowitz is here? Uh, 29. 31. 31. He's been wrestling 11 years by this point. He should be in his prime if he's 31. He looks good there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. Had a baseball card. This was a good little match. It was. But, again, look who these two guys are. Right. And I love the fact that Pillman's in singles right here. Oh, too. I have that note, too. He's single again, which means he's going to be winking at some little kid in the crib later tonight. Oh, yeah. But the problem is he's still going to be tagging with the other guy in the month oh, before, just so you the know. other guy. He might have made another kid that night, but his wife swallowed. Oh, come on. Jesus Christ. What is wrong with you? That was in there. Okay. Didn't you watch AEW on that month? Yeah, that promo was pretty stiff. That was stiff. Woo! That was stiff. You, yeah. The MGF promo on Pillman was, was some stiff stuff. People complaining about that. I was like, dude, it's wrestling. Why was he complaining? He's a heel. You know you got people that complain about everything. Yeah. You know that. Okay, so this match keeps going. Wrestling 2, as you heard, is on commentary with Corny and JR. They talk about the upcoming match at the Omni. Pillman wins with a big crossbody off the top rope. And like I said a second ago, nice to see Pillman in singles action against a guy who can wrestle really good, Barry Horowitz. Doc, any other thoughts on this one? I thought this was, was you know, it's not a five-star Starcade match, but this is a good little Saturday night match. Good way to open the show. Long show, but there's some good stuff in this, and you know, I liked it. I thought thought this was fine. I thought this is exactly what you need to start the show in front of 1,500 people again. So to Harper's point, once again, stay in the small buildings. Don't go to the freaking Silver Dome. Why are yeah. you doing that? No need to. 
Okay, yeah, on that note, you're right. On that note, let's go now to, and I'll talk about this more later, one of the last images you'll see of the Road Warriors in WCW for some time. One of, not the last, one of. Here's their promo. Horsemen, we're out here right now. Have you got any guts? Are you going to accept the challenge? Within the next two hours, you got to show the whole world whether or not you got the guts to get in the ring with the Legion of Doom. We don't think you got it. Horseman, we want you in the worst way. Once you get in the ring with us, you're going to feel the wrath of the big boys, the Legion of Doom. Oh, what a rush. A rush for us, but not for you. Um, I got more to say on them later, Doc, for now. If they're going to go out, they're going out against the horsemen, man. <laughs> it's a good way to go. Your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think much of it. It was just there. Fire. The, I mean, they're leaving. Yeah. Green potatoes. I mean, I'm not saying Yeah, it wasn't ahead. bad. It just wasn't, there wasn't much yeah. to it. Yeah. Hopper, Hopper, any other thoughts? No. I will come in for you, blah, 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 blah. Well, Jim Ross and Cornette then throw to a replay of the clip with JYD returning and uh, laying out Flair and Ole from last week. Corny and JR also push that JYD wants to be the first African-American world champion. So stay tuned to see if that occurs. It's so sad. It's really, really sad. And now I'm going to get to the promo shortly of the dog. And as I look at Rocky King here, Man. It doesn't age well. No, and it's going to get worse when he's with the birds in a few more months. Uh, but that's just I'm not going to yeah, Come on, Harper. <laughs> Who was his toughest opponent? Life. Life. That is. Uh, I'm not going to play this because the dog reiterates everything he's ever said in every promo you'll ever hear him in. Every dog needs a bone to chew on. Is that what he said? 312? Yeah. Kept that to myself. He's big, very rotund. <laughs> All right. After the dog cuts his promo, unless Doc, you've got anything else from it? No. And Hopper didn't watch it. Yeah. I mean, what do you say? You know, every time. Yeah. He's about to chew on. Yeah. Somebody bring me a cake. <laughs> my, my note my note actually says I love the dog but if I never hear every dog needs a bone to chew on again it will be too many times now here's what's you funny that on a t-shirt does WCW know look like they know how to market anything <laughs> no they don't need to play their promos before or after a pay-per-view Oh, no kidding. On the scroll, we know I did take note that they are in all of these old Crockett towns. They're in Crockett country outside of, I think they, uh, there was one that showed at the beginning, I can't remember, but they are basically, they seem to be going through mostly a lot of the old Crockett towns here, which I found interesting. Uh, I guess I could look it up, see what kind of crowd they drew but you know they're they're in crockett country i think for a lot of these shows as they scroll through um there was also a series of commercials oh god forbidden planet on tbs the chart oh, buster a and w Bic razors the wrestling hotline 
If I'd never see the Alka-Seltzer commercial again, it would be great, but I'm going to see that a hundred times. They played tons of commercials here, and the only one I had real notes on was the Forbidden Planet one, that Sunday night movie, because I know that would make Harper angry if he saw that. So I'm going to skip past all of that. Uh, Is that a bad movie? Forbidden Planet? Yeah. I'll pass. Before it's time. I'm going to pass. Uh, Doc, any thoughts on the commercials? Hard pass on all of them. Yeah. So we go to the next. Chart choppers or whatever. Busters. Chart busters. It was kind of like like an MTV type show where they showed. So did they have Bill Biz DeVoe on there? Um, I mean, they showed every, they showed all kinds of music. That girl is poison. 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 They they were preaching. Never trust a big big button and a smile. That ought to be the tagline of this show. <laughs> no, never trust a headset. All right, keep going. Mean Mark Callis with Paul E versus Larry Santo of Smoky Mountain fame, who took a big floating backdrop there. <laughs> Cornette is stiff on commentary. I don't have the timestamp, but I'm going to read what he said. He says about Paul E I want Paul E to move in next door to me. I live next to a cemetery. That's, That's pretty damn nice. stiff. That's heel-on-heel violence, too. That is. Mean Mark wins quickly, as you'd expect. Doc, any thoughts on this squash match against Larry Santo? Yeah. Uh, so, Paul E's back, and he's with The Undertaker, and I guess that's what's happening now. Who takes a look at Undertaker there and doesn't see money, though? Yeah, really. I mean, it's easy to hindsight, but come on. It's easy to hindsight, but I see right here a big, big agile man. on the ropes doing something nobody else does is enough for me. Yeah, for real, huh? In fairness, though, did, if he stays there, doesn't he need another gimmick? Like, doesn't he need something to... To add to that's he may not be. I mean, that may not be his fault. Oh, not yeah. I'm not blaming him. I'm just looking at him for what he was back then. But he looks good. Mark is is about as unimaginative as Flying Brian. Nah, Flying Brian's better. Yeah. And Susie's got a pimple, and she's got a hot date with with Stephen on Friday. Is it on her ass cheek? Oh, you ever bang a girl from behind and see a pimple? Knew, back? Oh, come I on! Knew, I knew that was coming next because he's an idiot. I knew he couldn't play it straight. What the hell, Harper? Come on, now. Uh, playing it straight. If I wasn't playing it straight, I said, "Are you ever banging a dude from behind and seeing a pimple?" Oh. That ain't even funny. Yeah. Yeah. Send your hate mail to Doc Turner. You know, the guy y'all think is all you Docaholics out there that act like he's such such an up-and-up guy and a fine-standing citizen, he's got some weird takes and some hateful takes on things. I just want to let y'all know that. So on these commercials, there is one thing that they play. They show an English leather cologne commercial. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. And 
My dad used like, to wear that. Yeah, buddy. He had that that his, until the day he died. It was just, it was this huge bottle of it, like picture almost like a Jack Daniels bottle, but with, but with fucking English fucking leather. It was huge. And the cologne goes bad if you don't use it after a while. Well, yeah, it does. I'm trying to get to it. I, I I don't know at what point they play it, but does I'm, it I'm go bad here. because you don't use it, or because I mean, because I rarely because I got like real cologne. It's just I rarely use it. Mike, do you have any cologne? Yeah, a couple, but I don't use it that much. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't get that right. cologne. I, mean, where yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't know that, any that I'm putting cologne on. You know? And the only the only reason I own cologne is because of my freaking wife. She's she's the one. Just spray yourself with Axe body spray, dude. I fuck that. <laughs> Why? I'm a, an adult man that needs cologne, bro. I got the Savage, the fucking Johnny Depp cologne. Oh, does it make you want to hit women like him? Oh come on. <laughs> I don't even know what that, I guess he... He laid his uh, hands on Amber Heard, dude. She's a okay, gorgeous hold on. creature. Accused, was he convicted of it, or... Well, no. I guess it's alleged, but... Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't... I ain't trying to get into a freaking debate about it. Uh, the commercial, the English leather, though. Right. Yeah, there it is. An honest man's cologne. Whatever. And the, there was not a dude in the commercial. It was just two women talk, or young teenagers talking on the phone. It looked like, all right, whatever. Uh, any other thoughts on these commercials, Doc? No. All right, well, then let's go now to the next match when we come back from commercial. It's the Southern Boys versus Joe Kazana and the Galaxian. Doc, I got some notes from this, but I want to throw these first. I do, right here. No, go back to the entrance when Smothers... Todd Tracy Smart, he finds the camera on his way up the ring, and he flashes that smile into your living room. Watch it. He's coming in, right? Hey. Hey, what are y'all doing? Right there. All right, buddy. <laughs> Greeny, I know you're wet down there now. All right. Come on. Uh, so, Cornette had a good line during this match. He said the Southern boys think that Copenhagen is a food group. <laughs> I thought that was great. Good job, Corny. Uh, they also discussed the video package we will see in the next segment with Big Van Vader. Yes, you heard that correctly. He's oh, way. Cornette is being really stiff on JYD on commentary. He's putting over JYD as the potential next world champion and how JYD identifies with minorities, and Cornette goes off and says JYD identifies with low-class welfare folks. Oof. Oh, no. Well, my... He's being stiff, dude. He's he is. There were many a cancelable, cancelable comments from Cornette on this week's episode. If this is 2021, however, it's 1990 and anything goes. It was the Wild West. Doc, uh, good seeing Tracy here. What are your thoughts? Uh, man, I when he started talking shit on the Southern Boys, I was like, let's get the Midnights and the Southern Boys hooked up. Well, that happens, doesn't it? I think I can't. Well, we got about three pay-per-views where it's got to be led off by the Southern Boys and Freebirds. Right. We're going to wrestle for the Confederate flag. Who owns it? We, the Freebirds just got beat for who owns rock and roll. 
So now they got to fight who owns the Confederate flag. And they're going to need some black help. <laughs> it, go, it goes on forever. Or, or does it just feel that way? It feels that way. It doesn't yeah, just feel that um, way. I, you know, somewhere in this match, I'm pretty sure somebody put a Tennessee toothpick in my Juicy Johnny. Huh? What? <laughs> okay. Uh, look those up on Urban Dictionary if you're wondering what talk is, what's so funny. Southern boys win this match. It's great. With the Road Warriors finish. I'm not going to go here with you I again. I guess anybody can use it now that they're leaving. I'm I'm not I'm not doing not doing this with you tonight because it's not oh. the real worst finish. But okay. okay, I tell you, man. So Tracy flies off that rope when he comes and does that. Uh, Jawjacker. He ain't playing. He looks great. I like him. Yeah, I'll take that. All right. Any other thoughts, Doc, before I go to this next clip? Another, it was another good little match here. We're having some good matches. I like that. So I'm not going to play the audio from this, but because uh, I think it'll be copyrighted. If you're watching the video version and you're a patron, you'll see it. We see Big Van Vader oh, coming shit. out. The <laughs> Clip of Vader making his ring entrance in Japan with the big headgear on his head with the smoke blowing out of it. Man, I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, shit, man, what the hell? I was like, wow. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty, ah, it's it's damn good. (laughs) I don't even, I'm trying to find the words. When you see this for the first time, you're like, whoa, especially if you've never seen it before. Now, if you were into Japan, you know, wrestling and Japanese wrestling, I guess it's one thing, or if you had seen it before, Doc and I, then if you were into Japanese wrestling in 1990, come to the next X-Rated, and Michael buy you a hooker since you've never had a woman before. <laughs> say that again? Harper got what I was saying. Yeah. What did you just say? If you're watching Japanese wrestling in 1990, you're a virgin to this day. You, you really got to be a jackass about stuff, huh? Why what you watching back then? Just some tape trading? From, with who? Godzilla? Wow. Y- y- y'all really, like, are... I'm just saying, because that would have been the only fucking way, so... I was, was, ten, pals with, I was ten pals with Mrs. Baba. Oh. I mean, tape trading was a thing back then, like, why are y'all acting like tape trading no, wasn't a like, thing? But that's like tape trading with somebody in fucking Japan. Bruh, they had people over here that, yeah, I mean, that that were getting paid for the American TV? No. No. But they were, t- oh, my God. Bruh, who the, f- bruh, if you're tape trading with some dude from in fucking Tokyo, boy, come on, bruh. Go make out with a girl. That's what I'm saying, bruh. they didn't. Y'all, y'all really love I'm insulting just- wrestling fans, huh? No, just these wrestling fans. Oh, our wrestling fans. That 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 makes it even worse. Come on. Man. Well, y'all know how to build a fan base. I got to give y'all credit on this one. 
Y'all, y'all really know how to build a fan base. Just yeah. I didn't yeah. say all of our listeners were trading. I said if any of you, I think the vast majority of our listeners are out there playing ass left and right. Yeah. But there's got to be a couple. You well, know, we know Javorski wasn't because rated. he was. Michael, get your hooker. We know Javorski wasn't because he was. He was listening to fucking overkill. Jesus. <laughs> and cranking. <laughs> if you knew what overkill sounded like, you'd know how dangerous that is. <laughs> I'm glad I don't. Oh, well, jerking at speed metal is probably not advisable. Yeah. It'll probably start smoking. Man, that Vader, that Vader thing was impressive. An impressive um, uh, little video and a good idea for them to show in advance that didn't, you know, didn't take much, but made an impression. Wonder why he didn't wear it in the WWF. The he didn't want to carry it around. Yeah. One more thing I'm, to not I'm watch. sure. I don't know. I don't even want to speculate. Uh, DM Stephen Javorski on Facebook. He'll answer that question for you because he's probably cranked off while listening to why Vader didn't have that in the WWF. Does that guy have any skin on his dick left? He has no oh. life. All oh. he does, all he does, is post on social media all day long. And crank uh, off. Yeah. And for crank. Days he still doesn't care. Like, I mean, he's got no life. Well, how do you know he jerks off so much? Yeah. Because that's all he talks about in the Facebook group. Oh, really? That, that's... Maybe we should stop speaking his name so much again. I mean, they, they've literally renamed it. It ain't even called cranking anymore. It's called doing a Javorski. Mm-hmm. That's a problem when you get a move named after you like that. So that's why I say, does he have any, any skin on his dick left? I don't know. Let's go now to Jim Cornette. He throws to a promo, and Doc was fussing about this last week, so I'm going to hit play on it. He's going to throw to a promo from Stan Hansen. One of the biggest, one of the meanest, and one of the roughest stars in the history of professional wrestling is a bad man from Borger, Texas, none other than Stan Hansen. He uses that lariat to literally knock the head off every opponent he gets in the ring with, and he's invaded the NWA, and he is here to do you-know-what and take names. And, brother, knowing Stan Hansen, I know he's going to do exactly that. Now, Jim Ross recently had the opportunity to talk, or should I say, listen to Stan Hansen, and I know he wasn't very pleased about the results. Let's take a look at the interview with Jim Ross and Stan, the Lariat Hansen. Ladies and gentlemen, about to spend some time here momentarily with a great athlete from West Texas State University, a tremendous football player, but he's always had a problem with discipline. 6'3", 320 pounds, a man that basically has been exiled from United States Wrestling, Stan, the Lariat Hansen. And I... And I know that our fans are interested in where have you been competing in the last several years? I've been in the third world. That's where I've been. I've been out there with the Peace Corps people. I've been out there fighting out there in the third world representing the United States and the state of Texas. And you know why? Because all these promoters here in the United States would want somebody to say, yes, sir. Oh, no, sir. Hey, yes, sir. Well, Stan Hansen's never been a yes guy. And I go and I do what I want to overseas. But now I'm back in here, and I'm back in here in the NWA, and all the other wrestlers are going to have to deal with me. Well, one question i got to ask you is why are you back? Is there someone specific, or what is the exact reason you're back here, Stan? It's called a statute of limitations. 
They tried to suspend me. They barred me from the United States. But that's okay. They took food off my table. They took food out of my hands. But I'm back. And I'm back because there's things like laws to protect somebody like me. And I'm back and I'm going to run roughshod anywhere and anywhere I want to. And one hole that we have to talk about is the most feared hole in wrestling, the Lariat of Sandhead. Boy, is that a bone for me to pick. The Lariat. That's exactly what this is. Everybody trying to use it. Everybody trying to perfect it. But I'm the one who started it. I'm the one who was kicked out of the States because it was the nastiest, most vicious hole. And the Lariat is back. And they're going to have to deal with it. The wrestlers are going to have to deal with it. And this too. And this too. Ladies and gentlemen, there you hear it from one of the most unpredictable athletes in wrestling, Stan, the Lariat Hanson. The chewing tobacco in WCW is amazing from Stan Hansen. Uh, that's one of the signatures that I always remember. Doc, what did you think about the promo from Stan Hansen? You were talking about him last week, but here you go. I like that he's doing it, but that shit's gross. Oh, yeah. disgusting. I was just dripping down his fucking face and onto his chest. Yeah. yeah. I forget which pay-per-view it is. I've seen it a few times. Missy's interviewing him, and he's just uh. got the freaking tobacco, uh, the, the juice of it just flying out of his mouth and running down. It's so disgusting. And this Imagine is just, what Javorski will do with that. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is disgusting. You know, Doc, this man never met our, like, or he wasn't on our, like, top five list of most feared wrestlers, but he's right up there. He, yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I like he said he was wrestling in the third world. He, scared, he used to scare me. He was just a big... <laughs> Dude, and when he threw you know, that lariat, I didn't like because he called his lariat a hold. Isn't it more of a strike or a blow than a hold? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a strike. Especially the way he threw it. Yeah, yeah. for real. Well, we come out of his promo and we go to his match, and he's wrestling against Paul Drake. Now, this is from NWA Pro on May 26, 1990, so a week earlier. They go straight to it after the promo. Hayes, Garvin, and Lance Russell are the ones on commentary. Hanson, uh, he's going to deliver the lariat to Drake, and he takes his head off, and then he drops a big elbow, and he wins, and then he hogties him at the end as well. <laughs> I was afraid of where that hog time might lead. <laughs> what do you mean by that? What's that mean? Yeah, like what's what are you? Paul Drake wakes here? up the next day and he's like, "Why does my booty hurt?" Oh, what what? You know what? You got a problem, dude. Why would you hog time you, another man? You got a problem. Why are you Why always talking about men man? and booties? You 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 love making fun of that, and and I, I you know, I don't think it's right, bro. <laughs> okay, leave people alone. What they do with their booties is their business. Never mind. You don't understand. Now, well, I understand a lot. You're trying to be funny, and it's just dumb. Okay. Um, that's nice. Yeah, that's classy, too. And he, and he's so, the main one that would get offended by that if somebody was joking about it in front of him. That's the, that's the hilarity behind it. Because Doc gets offended. He don't want you all to know that, but he is Mr. Hoo, hoo. He's Mr. Outrage away from this show. 
No, it's called being woke. But he, but he hides behind the veil of the show because nobody knows who he is. I'm going to keep moving because now you got No, no, hide. no. Let's talk about that match. No, I ain't talking about shit. You need to calm down. You yeah. just need to calm your ass down. I want to talk about this next match. That's the thing. Because I want to offer thoughts on it. Keep going. My first note on that, that Hanson match was talk about drawing money. How much would you pay to see 1983 Stan Anson versus Ole Anderson? I feel like Ole would get his ass beat. I've heard Bob Sawyer. Oh, that'll be fucking awesome. Oh, I feel like Stan yeah. might pound him to death. Because, like, Buzz would go in there all messed up on some pills or something, and Stan would just bludgeon him. Then I thought, man, we talk about people that are needed today, but wrestling needs a Stan Hansen right now. Who's close to him right now? I ain't talking Rock. about... I mean, they need a whole bunch of of this shit right now. True. You know how we talk about AE, Doc, you and I have had this talk, how AEW is schizophrenic? Oh, yeah. We were saying that long before Cornette was, by the way. I heard him, I heard he said that recently, or he said it in the past, and I'm like, we said that over a year ago, easily. I didn't anyway. say it, you said it. I didn't watch it. It's schizophrenic. Dude, uh, we're we're gonna get to a period in a few months. Well, it's already happening, but there's some gimmicks that WCW unveils in the coming months that it truly is schizophrenic. Because there's there's raw talent there with the Pillmans of the world, like new new talents like him. I consider him new still, even though it's been a year. But and then there's there's the Normans and the many other bullcrap. We'll see. Do PN News ain't even the worst. I'm gonna throw a name out. Th- I'm gonna throw a name out there for y'all, and I remember seeing this back in the day. I, I want y'all to Google it. His name in WCW was the Juicer. Just Google it when you get a chance. We're gonna talk about it in a few months because I think it's towards the end of 1990. Does he come out with a, a nice array of vegetables and fruits in a juicing machine? <laughs> that might have been better than what it was. Or does he and just I, cut himself and everyone else in the ring? And I or only does remember he up steroids. No, no, no. And I only remember it because of something that happened in like his Saturday Night debut. Something he did with his hair. Dumbest shit you ever seen in your life. Harper's looking it up right now. Yeah. Well, he ain't gonna be able to. I don't know if. Well, he won't. He won't have a date to, or he doesn't know where to look. He'll know he, if you no, Google that. Harper knows how to use Google. No, no, I was saying he can't find the video I'm talking about where, when, the, when the dude debuts on Saturday night. It's so terrible. He but said he don't know how to find shit on the internet. Was he Beal Juice? That's another name he had, yes. Yeah, he was Beal Juice. Who but he debuted as the Juicer. What's his, his name? name? His real name is Art Bar. Oh, Art Bar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Art Bar. He was he was he was a legit professional wrestler, but yeah. he did a gimmick called the Juicer. 
Why not? Yeah. How did we get hey, here? WCW. Keep the juicer. He died at 28. Of yeah, he died young. Caused by drug overdose. Yeah, he that died young. Shit. He died in the 90s. Yeah, it was 94. Yeah. The juicer. Anyway, we'll get there. It's terrible. You can Google it if you want to know what we're talking about and wait for our real commentary when we watch them. On that note, Doc, any other thoughts on Stan Hansen? Um, no, he's going to uh, thrust himself right into the scene. Yeah. Uh-oh, Harper. Dodgers got two on, one out, five to two. Braves yeah, lead, oh, top okay. of the bottom I mean, of the eighth. Yeah, no, but don't, it's just, I'm, I'm oh. just so. All right. Braves, bro. Of the Red Sox well. On that note, we go to Doug Furness versus the Green Shadow. Now, Doc, be quiet for a second. I got some stuff I want to mention here. I don't know who the Green Shadow is, but I got the impression that him and Doug Furness might not have liked each other if you watched this. Uh, there was a Green Shadow in WCW called Jim Wright. God I dang. You saw <laughs> Furnace just run him over. That's not the first time he'll do that. So just keep watching. It's not the first it, time. Well, then run it back. Um, I mean, it's not the last time. What am I saying? Oh, okay. But but there was a, there was someone called Green Shadow, and it was a guy named Jim Wright. I don't think this is Jim Wright. This guy actually knows how to work. If you watch him take backdrops, and do other things. He looks really good. Like, he's doing everything well. At one point, Furnace is going to start, and I hate saying this word, but there's no other word for it. Furnace is going to start cranking back on his left arm very hard. He's shooting. I'm not sure what's going on, but Furnace is not happy with this dude from the start. I can't figure out who this guy is. There's something about the way he walks and moves. I know it's somebody we know who it is. You can, t- you can tell from the suit he's got on that he's got a build under him, but I don't know who he is. But Furnace ain't happy with this dude. He's going to tackle him again in a second and send him through the ropes. So look how he takes that backdrop, Hopper. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> he just, like, bull rushed him and it flies through the ropes. When you watched this, Doc, did you get the impression something was going on here? That I didn't notice it. I just heard Corny say that Mike Furness is coaching football in Italy. Uh, oh, for the World League? Are you freaking kidding me? That's what he said during this match. Oh, my God. That's why we're a great team, Mike. You were figuring out about, oh, shit. What? He was been in the back. Look at him! You picked out the wrestling stuff. I picked out the commentary. We have 360 coverage of this event. We're covering the event. <laughs> Dude, something is going on in this match, and I don't know what it is. And if there's a story behind it that I've never heard, someone this emailed like show. showing his girlfriend with the wrestling business. Is all <laughs> Doug Furnace is not happy with this dude. And I don't know what the hell happened before the match. Something is going on between Doug Furness and this dude in this match that he gets him in the Boston Crab. Watch how he sits back on him. Dude, he's sitting back on him. That's why he went through the rope so quickly. This is is a crime happening. It's a tie game. Oh, shit, Harper. How do you talk about the wrestling? (laughs) Anyway, Doc, any other thoughts on the green shadow? No. 
green so again, look at you know, as maybe the green shadow. I did, I did on the ring. I looked it up, Hopper. There was a green shadow by the, and his name was Jim Wright. This is not that same guy. So I don't know who this is. So if anybody knows, well, because I know he's not selling though. That's what I noticed. He's he could be selling better. Dude, that might be it, because Furnace is pissed. I mean, he's just... Like, because, look, because, look, he just kind of gets up and just kind of kind of wanders around. <laughs> uh, he, look, Furnace is pissed. I mean, you can just see it. So if anybody knows the story behind this, book in the territory at gmail.com. Uh, anybody knows who Green Shadow is, book in the territory at gmail.com as well. All right, we keep moving. Doc, any other thoughts? All right, no, sir. All right. Furnace wins. Bunch of commercials. Uh, any thoughts on the commercials, Doc? Yeah, I love them. They help me fast forward. Yeah, Western Union. Well, there's a lot of them. Kid me. Uh, there was a commercial for the Nintendo wireless NES satellite controller, if you remember oh, that. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Chris, uh, Chris Zoncha is going to have fun with that one because he loves him from Nintendo. All right, we keep moving. The Fabulous Freebirds are going to take on Jerry Price and Tim Parker. And they look ridiculous as always coming to the ring. This is terrible you know and pathetic. What? I still got a power glove. Oh, shit. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. See, the way it worked was you had to set up. It, it was fucking complicated as fuck. They had sensors that you had to set up on the side like of your TV and shit. And that's what it picked up. Sounds sketchy for 1990. Fuck, I remember one time, bro, I, I wore it into the bar. <laughs> and the bartender was like, hey, what happened to your hand? I was like, yeah, I fucked my hand up fucking wrestling. <laughs> and I got to wear this for my wrist. She's like, no. I was like, so I made a fake battery <laughs> and put it on my back and put the cord through there. I was like, look. I gotta use to fucking hit these buttons and shit just to fucking grab shit. I was like, watch it. I fucking hit the A button. And I just, uh, 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 with my finger. And she's like, what? I was like, yeah, man. I got fucked up at, at, at fucking Wildcat training. I gotta wear this until this shit heals up. Did you bang her later that night? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then and my friend Troy was right there just going along with it, bro. Like, I mean, we called it in a ring. He's like, yeah, man. He fucked his uh, he fucked his wrist up bad. <laughs> what a troll! Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh. How hey, high was this? Oh, leave it here. Forty-eight, forty. Right here. All right. There's a fight up in the crowd. Yeah, because the police start going up to it. Really? Yeah. You can see it from oh, the... Uh, he misses the, the leapfrog there, but... Yeah, he misses the leapfrog. We had a fight in the crowd. Let me Hold go back, back, Hopper. You, you can see it. Hopper, so, look on the far side there. If you keep watching... Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's something going on. No, no, no. You'll see it in a second. They they're, they start running there's... towards it in a second. Here it comes. See? They're oh, yeah. fighting... <laughs> people into free. Whoopsie. Yeah. Well, no, this isn't this isn't um, center stage. 
No. They're not supposed I mean, to well, They were still letting them free during our house shows, weren't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, they were papering it, but that doesn't mean everybody was getting in free like they were at Center Stage or various other, or, or like uh, Universal when they did take them there. Well, this match, Mr. Wonderful joins Corny uh, and JR on commentary. They talk about the upcoming clash where, remember, Orndorff is going to battle Arn. Freebird is going to win. I got no other comments from this. Me neither. All right, great. That's exactly what I wanted. So let me roll this back because, you know, we're going to hear this from... This is the first time we're going to hear this ever in chronological history order. Uh-huh. I had this, this has got note. me excited. I had the same note. Let me hit play. It's Tracy and Steve, the Southern Boys with JR. Horseman, in just a few moments, to here now with the Southern Boys, Steve Armstrong, Tracy Smothers. Gentlemen, Class of Champions on June 13th, live here on TBS. You've got the Freebirds. That's right, the Freebirds. And just like the song says, if I leave here tomorrow, will you still remember me? Well, everybody's <laughs> going to know who's going to go. Is it going to be the Freebirds or the Southern Boys? We better strap your boots on real tight because we got nothing to lose here in this territory. We're going to make it count. All right, I'll tell you something. They're a great team, Tracy. You know that. You know, you got that right, Mr. Ross. You know, this is the Southern Boys' big chance. This is our first opportunity on Nationwide TV. And I'm going to tell you this, Jim Ross. I'm telling you, I'm telling all these great folks out here, we're a couple of Southern-born, Southern-bred thoroughbreds. Guaranteed not to rust, bust, collect dust, bend breaker, splinter. And we were born on a mountain, and we were raised in a cave. Women in wrestling is all we crave. On our tombstone, to be seen, there are laid the bones of that old tag team machine. Steve Armstrong, Tracy Smothers, and just remember, American by birth and Southern by the grace of God. And so we're back with a horseman oh, right after this. Yeah. It makes it even, it's so oh my God. Well, you can it's tell just, Jim, Jim Ross was enjoying that. He's like, okay, there we go. Tracy, I want to say one thing, Doc, and I'm going to throw it to you. When he starts, he says, thank you, Mr. Ross. He used to yeah. do that and smoke yeah. it, too. He is such a southern gentleman. He he, he is the epitome of a baby face. It is ter- just the no, mannerisms no. and everything. I don't think there's ever been anybody in the history of wrestling that plays to their audience better than Tracy Smothers to his southern people. That is true, man. For real. I mean, Harper said it in Smoky Mountain. He is th- these people's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. yeah. He had it, man. He, he, oh, yeah. I was like, damn, that's pretty good. He's I, a hero. <laughs> look, look at, no, no, seriously. If you're you're watching on Patreon, yeah. look at, just look at Jim Ross the whole time. He's back uh-huh. up. But Jr. is like he's got Dude. that smirk, like damn, this is pretty good. Look at him. Damn. Yeah, he's like damn, that's some good shit. Never <laughs> heard that. <laughs> he's smirking. I thought it was over right there. Keeps going. All right. <laughs> oh man, that's Tracy got the pleasure making his national TV debut. Millions of people all at home on TV. He just hit a grand slam. Yeah. He's, he's phenomenal, That's good man. That's shit, man. Let me I, do some talking. Hey, I, I had... Think, think we could get maybe oh. 45 seconds of airtime, uh, Mr. Hurt. What you about to say, Hopper? The fucking starting lineup commercial. 
I know. I just saw that. Um, I'm going back to it actually. And I'll, but one more thing, Tracy. I, I've I've had idiots on Twitter tell me during our Smoky Mountain run how we overrate Tracy. Are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, you got the one with idiots. He is. Oh, if he's not the most overrated wrestler, then he's underrated. pretty damn. Yeah, if he's not the most underrated wrestler, he's pretty damn close. Dude, he one Smoky Mountain. He connects with an, with his audience 